0: Or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you and take it slowly. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you and make you
1: want me. Hello, welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benham and I'm JP. Ah, uh, screwed up the intro there, JP. I was going to say an butch, but uh, oh well. I'm better. Oh, <laughs> you haven't got your flat cap on, mate. <laughs> Where's yours? You should have worn it.
2: Well, I should have done, shouldn't I? I mean, that very much would have been on brand as well for, for me to mm. do something like that. No, um, well, I can't. I'm not. I'm not. From, I'm not from Birmingham, isn't it? That's that, <laughs> that's an exclusively Birmingham thing that, for that to happen. Oh butch, <laughs> butch, butch, butch. What a name. <laughs>
1: Uh, do we have anything more to say on Butch? We covered it a bit on our uh, our Patreon weekend oh. show, but for the uh, for the uh, other public uh, feed, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I feel, do you feel bad for him? You know, the scene is alive and well. Mister, mister you know, Mister signing new contract um, despite the fact that it was, uh, it, was it was probably always going to work out like this. You know, <sighs> I don't know. I think but Pete done like it's quite funny seeing like um, people come out the woodwork on Twitter and the like. You know, the other Brit Res wrestlers and. WWE wrestlers, ex-WWE wrestlers, you know, all congratulating them on his big call up to the main roster.
2: And yet he's
1: Still hasn't changed his Instagram name yet, though. So, you know,
2: maybe that's some a- Shocking. Apologies for my washing machine as well. I, like that, 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 I don't know how loud that is at the moment. It appears to be entering quite a serious stage of the cycle. I've timed it dreadfully tonight. Yeah, it, It's terrible. I mean, ultimately he's there to eat fools and wrestle most of the match while Seamus pull faces. I'm really up against it. I might have to turn this fucker off. It, mm. it, it, honestly, it feels like people are trying to fucking break in on that. <laughs> 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 um perhaps it's perhaps it's Butch in his, um, <laughs> his it was very weird. He had his he hasn't cut his hair, so it's pushed up his flat cap mm. to the point where it, it looks comedy. Line. Yeah, it looks like he's wearing a. You know, it it looks far too big for him, and he's got lifts. So, I mean, he'll be earning main roster money. That'll be what he's saying. Okay. However, it's this kind of stuff that seems to put people in line for like the chopping block. They get saddled with a terrible okay. gimmick. It doesn't really get over the end. That's yeah. that's where it is. But it's it's like, you know, if you if you're signing up with them. This is a very strong possibility mm. for this kind of stuff happening. It was just all weird that it happened at the same time as the Big E neck injury. Like, yeah, it, like, yeah, yeah. Both of the, like, you go from the kind of, like, the absurd to something that's, like, kind of incredibly serious that happens within, within like, the, the same match. It's madness. Yeah,
1: it was. I mean, obviously, yeah, you know, we talked the Big E stuff on there uh, on weekends. Big E
2: uh, blunder. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. There's a title for the show, Pete <laughs> Plotter. Yeah. I just think, you know, that's... At the end of the day, it's still Vince McMahon's WWE. Bruce Pritchard's is right now, man. Somehow, in 2022, what did you think they were going to think? It is five foot nothing. brummy you can't put, cut a promo to save his life. Like, it, it, you know... Like, I love Pete Dunne. I, I, I'm so... Mm-hmm. At length, about his upside, if I thought, you know, if he'd gone to AEW, you know, or he'd taken a different route when his contract was up, not even necessarily AEW, you know, maybe saw the writing on the wall a little bit that maybe we you know, we'd maybe hit his, definitely hit his ceiling at that point. This was before Triple H, you know, had lost all power um, and respect within the company. Like, Mm -hmm. even then, it was clear He'd done everything he could possibly do, you know, in the NXT system, and you know NXT 2.0 then came along, and that wasn't going to uh, go much better for him. But you know, yeah, if you got, if you got, if you, if we're going to do the food on table argument and say, well, he made the right decision for his family, blah 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 blah. Cool, but this is what happens. You know, look at Ricochet. Look at any number of wrestlers you know, on that main wrestler. at any number of NXT guys on that main wrestler. Um, yeah. Might have a couple of run-ins here, by the way, from one Stephanie Chase for the people who didn't hear the pre-show. Stephanie Chase, what's your thoughts on
0: that? Pete Down is in my class of wrestlers who are just Triple H and Shawn Michaels marks It would have been better off just getting a fucking meet and greet than signing a contract with them. <laughs>
1: There you go, hot take from Stephanie Chase. Uh, this isn't on the Patreon paywall, by the way. This is just this is public. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what we need is more uh, younger wrestlers to be Sting Marks and just be like, oh, I just, I, I just want to go hang out with Chris Jericho and Simon AEW, don't we, rather than being Triple H and Sean Marks.
1: Agreed. Yeah. And that's what happens when you're, when you're uh, Triple H and Sean Mark. You end up, I mean, to be honest, it's making Johnny Gargano look like he's played the blinder. Like, mm-hmm. Johnny... Gargano got out at the right time. It looks like you know um, Candice's uh, contract's up in the mm-hmm. summer, so that's clearly why he was willing to be a free agent for this uh, little bit of period. You know, come back, go whatever he wants, do whatever he wants. You know, maybe that's the uh, maybe that was the call rather than uh, winding up as a butch in a, a flakker.
2: I think so, and I think there's also, I mean, I don't know if he's going to do this, Gigano, but I think there's the the things that what uh, like a Biff Busick has done like the former Oney Lorcan, just gone out in the Indies. He seems to be wrestling more for beyond than anything else. It's the kind of shot on the arm that the Indies really needs. Um, and I, you know, I, I saw someone say um, that in an alternate universe, the Bruiserweight Pete Dunn is going to be kind of involved in a Danielson Moxley Regal faction on AEW if he does that part of the issue is when he did re-sign and it's still an issue now that Japan isn't an option. Mm-hmm. And you kind of think to yourself, that's the place to be. I mean, there's the I'm not making any defence of the gimmick or anything else. There is that issue where he does have time on his side and that he's very young and yeah. that he can get this kind of money now and get main roster money now and like kind It'll of... He'll be
1: early 30s and make it a
2: yeah. new run or something, or a new Japan run or...
1: Yeah. ITB World Sport might come back, you know. Maybe that'll happen. Uh... That's... <laughs>
2: Well, at least he's appearing because his erstwhile British Strong Style teammates, like, Remember completely, that? like, where are they? Like, really? other than Absolutely... hanging around at fucking Wembley Way. Yeah. T-tiles looking like a couple right? of guilty tramps. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. The whole thing there, yeah. yeah, other than um, yeah, spending a lot of time in hotel rooms and, and at bars, I don't know where else those uh, those lads are up to these days, but yeah. Um, Jordan said there in the chat, by the way, Stone Cold Steph, you here to replace Gareth? That's what's that's, 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 that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Still called Steph. We're getting the hot takes, um, but yeah, expect run-ins. but no, I um. I don't know. No sympathy, really. Like, it, it is what it is. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. What it Like James says there in the chat, what's going on? You know, NXT UK. Just make making it, making it a trade incentive for ex rugby players because that'll be better because, really, this is... I mean, this is the point. Like, Tony Khan genuinely made this point when he was doing the uh, the presser that Steph was on. He was like, you know, what's the better... What's better? NXT 2.0 or, you know, classic NXT. And obviously, everyone says classic NXT. What suits Vince McMahon's philosophy better? Clearly, NXT 2.0. What would suit Vince McMahon's philosophy be better, as James says there? To be honest, Enfield being full of like ex rugby lads and you know, yeah. ex, you know, ex goalies and stuff like that. They've got a couple of them, haven't they? To a uh, you know, to
2: German expect. keeper,
1: yeah, wasn't but it? Pete, on a serious point, Pete Dunn as good as we've got, really, like from the Brit Res scene, from like you know, obviously, Pax, I think Pac's better than Pete Dunn, but I mean, someone who you know, born and bred in the modern Brit Red scene, Pat comes mm. a little bit before that, you know, yeah, okay, so Ospreay and Zach, them, then, you know, Pete Dunne's clearly head and shoulders above anyone else, so doesn't really give you any hope for any other fuckers, does it? You know, if you're going to choose that as your, your career path, of WWE, like, yeah, that, that's just, you
2: know, you, you would
1: be better off being, you know, the ex-German goalie or but
2: well, being Rich Holland. That's it, isn't it? I mean, I, and I think, you know, it, it's amazing how well, like luke menzies has done in terms Mm -hmm. of like where he is on the main roster someone who clearly vince likes Mm -hmm. but it says a lot that really outside of new japan like when it comes to sort of like british wrestlers we're really like it's very low on it because we've not had of all the releases like the only people who appear to be would be like someone like a nixon newell um tegan knox like who still hasn't been signed up in in the meantime as well, so yeah, it, it, I don't know. You just kind of see, wonder which you know, if if AEW somehow could invest long term in a oh god, and I'm struggling to think because we're going back to a kind of Brit rest era um, that's kind of gotten yeah. Can't think of who we'd get in there. That's um, oh, yeah,
1: that's it. that's that's, it. that's that's our thoughts on uh, on Pete Dunn and. And butch, but yeah, like you said, JP, we talked about it a little bit on the uh, on the weekend show this week. We chatted, uh, we chatted all about. We uh, obviously, mm. we did um, our five to one this week with uh, with one Matty Edwards, who people wow. might be hearing a lot more of on the uh, on the grapple Patreon feed. Um, caused some, caused some trouble over the weekend, JP, and you
2: like that.
1: I think we uh, we broke the internet a lot. But...
2: We did, I mean, there was a chip based discourse which I mean the whole thing's gone in a direction I didn't see coming where I mean effectively what we've what we've discovered the up the uptake is is that if you're going to a chippy in Liverpool it's it's gonna be a Chinese. So for you and apparently this is a South Liverpool thing even if we're gonna get even more specific that it's some of these places though on Google Maps, I'll just say they look ropey. Mm. Just like from the outside looking in, they don't look great. But even that <laughs> spring rolls place looks like the Green Leaf Cafe for um yeah well, those, those probably, who know near Brixton.
1: So so like it obviously this was the thing that all, that all kicked off on our on our page on this you weekend know, and you know we confused W.H. Park, which oh. was understandable you know <laughs> as a as a, as a Canadian you know uh, he he was kind of you know a little bit confused as to as to what was going on but I think it's quite straightforward in Liverpool. We said because what happened was in the five to one we got a we got a a write-in vote I think it was from Simon as to what our top uh, five uh, chippy orders were and me and me and Matty just started reeling off Chinese food because in Liverpool that's what a chippy is all of our fish and chip shops are run pretty much like ninety percent of them are run by Chinese families Mm. and you know we were talking about in the pre-show and you know uh, James Lynds you know mentioned in the pre-show there that you know Liverpool has the oldest you know Chinatown in the country. uh, disproportionately large Chinese population, you know, so there's a bit of a kind of – it was just a thing that kind of happened, you know, over the last, uh, you know, 30, 40 years or so where uh, they kind of took over and took over those kinds of shops and stupid Scouse people who maybe didn't really want to try any Chinese food but would have fish and chips would go in there and get their fish and chips. And it just came. <laughs> that's just what it is here. but like, you know, uh, there's the there are still English chippies. They do exist where it's just fish and chips the vast majority of that and uh, i don't know why it's confusing you know there's, there's china you know a chinese or a chippy is where you go get chinese food or chip shop food a chippy is also a place where you get fish and chips and also there are chinese restaurants that only sell chinese foods that also might be takeout too i feel like it's all pretty self-explanatory to be honest i don't see don't see what the rest of the country's moaning about
2: i was mate i was completely right so for me if you've been to a londoner for the most part i grew up around like in terms of chip shops, they were effectively like kebab houses mm. and still very much to this day. So it tended to be Turkish, Kurdish, um, then even going to sort of Greek, Greek, Cypriot. But this this whole thing, like it was when it was, um, oh, what do you like getting from the chip in? It was like salt and pepper chicken. I was like, hang on, what, what's going on here? <laughs> like, not cods, not saveloy, battered sausage, like <laughs> even a pucker pie. It was very much... We just gone in, and there was a point where I just had to go, I'm sorry, it appears to be we're having a conversation about Chinese. I really wasn't prepared for this in, in <laughs> any way. Um, well, but it's a big deal. Apparently, those spring rolls, again, from that place, which are really good. Not much else is. According to the Don, review that you sent across, John
1: pepper you. ching rolls. If you ever on uh, park road in uh, in the I mean, I posted like some pictures of the, the different chippy. and like you said, JP? You know that they they might not God's look much country. on the outside. A lot of them, will, a lot of them are literally attached to like terraced houses, like at the end of a street, and there'll be still a flat above it. But the Chinese is downstairs, and there's a house either side. That's proper Liverpool, mate. You get it in the north too. Get it in Poodle, um where oh, where yeah. I grew up. That's that's just that's just how we live, mate. I think it's. Um, you can't knock until you've tried it. We'll, we'll take you to one. We'll get you up. We'll get WH up. We'll do a oh, yeah. proper chore of um, you know, the real uh, the real chippies where like a couple of people said on Twitter, to be honest, it's like I can't remember who said it specifically. I think it was Lee, Lee Hughes who said it. Like the, the beauty of it is when the Chinese families took over these bog standard, shitty British chippies, we got incredible inventions like. Salt and pepper chips, like salt and pepper spring rolls. You know they they added a bit of you know flavour and a bit of culture to our not
2: know, against it chippy food. I'm 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 not against it, and and as also we found out in Scotland, it appears to be like um, you know the families of Italian immigrants who are, who are running the the chip game in in mm. in that part part of a world. Uh, Liam there says one one of Matty's magic quotes from there that taxi driver was speaking lyrics of truth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we had he was a taxi a, he driver was trying to plug four. me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was telling, uh, agreeing with that. Uh, that taxi driver was trying to sell yep. me on the uh, the local Chinese, but no, we had a laugh. We talked, we talked all of that stuff. We had a, uh, yeah, you know, no, 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 it wasn't really, it wasn't an argument one on this one. I think we had uh, some yeah. difference of agreement on, this of agreement on our top five uh, soft drinks. I stand yeah. by my choice of a, a, a nice Lipton peach iced tea, um, mate. As a good drink, as that you Bumble, call me so. Tory. On so many Disapproval For liking things like cricket <laughs> there's not, there's What's not, wrong with lift and ice tea?
0: There's not five good soft drinks to start Top five soft drinks by step: Diet
2: Coke Oh, come on this That's that. Come on
0: not Cherry
2: Coke Ting nope.
0: nope
2: Nice kind of ting?
0: No.
1: Nope.
2: Old Both Jamaican ginger, ginger
0: beer Diet Coke No
1: <sighs> Serum the I'm with you. Yeah.
0: You might get me on an Orangina <laughs>
1: Orangina, yeah. Nobody um, votes for Orangina. That's Rio? a do
2: you mean? Yes. Yeah. What would you say, JB? Rio? Rio. Mango Rubicon. Oh,
0: yeah. I, I don't go. like fruit. No? Yeah, then.
2: Not I even, even like the, the posh uh, blood orange San Pellegrino in 90p a can. <laughs> oh, no. We've got some good mentions for that. I liked um,
1: Rory putting in our chat all the zero sugar orangeade, which is a very specific choice. But it's a very good drink. Um, I wish I'd included that. Oh, right. like, I think I would have if I'd given it a bit more thought. Maybe a couple of uh you know, old Jamaican pineapple aid was another one that uh, that he mentioned there. You know, there's some
2: I like some great drinks you can get. If we're speaking in Aldi drinks, I like Professor Peppy, otherwise mm. known as Doctor Hookie Doctor Pepper. Um, oh, okay. Like, I kind of admire that. Just like how little an effort they wow. care they are giving for that kind of stuff.
1: Matthew says in the chat here, fizzy Vimto, big yeah. fan of that. Big fan of that. <laughs> You know, that's a good one. Uh, yeah. Liam says, <laughs> Sam Pellegrino is Tory tango. <laughs> I don't think he's wrong. I don't think he's wrong. What's your thoughts on sparkling water, stuff?
0: Absolutely disgusting. Oh, really disgusting. We... But and I just remembered...
1: I got a dog's leg for that on that podcast. What was that?
0: No, I, was just, oh. I just remembered that when I was on the plane back from Florida last week, I was half asleep and the woman kept the... Air this um, came around with the drinks cart mm. and she said, What would you like to drink? And I said, Can I have a Diet Coke, please? And she said, We don't have that. And then I saw the man opposite me have, have one and I said, Should I try that cart? And she said, We don't have that. And I said, Diet Coke. And she said, Sorry, I thought you wanted a tango. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> how bizarre would I be to ask for a tango on a plane?
1: I can't imagine Americans would know what a can of tango is. Well, yeah, that's it really. Funny. Oh, British Airways, okay, yeah. Uh, I think it's a good kind of tango, different flavours they do, you know, like the red one, the purple
2: one. Oh, I like the tango. Yeah, I like tango. No beef with tango at all, but it's like going on a plane and just going, would you like a drink? Yeah, I'd like a Lilt. You'd be like, well, (laughs) very unlikely they're going to have a Lilt (laughs) are they? Or a bottle of Oasis. It's it's not Tesco's. (laughs) (laughs) It really isn't. You're not in Sainsbury's Extra, are you? <laughs> 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 um, I mean, we were Liam also... A good point here, by the yeah. way, JP.
1: Why does everyone hate sparkling water but everyone seems to love white claw, hey? Yeah. Especially you over there.
0: Because hmm? it's got alcohol in it.
1: Fair enough. Good point. That's... Uh, 17-piece
2: sparkling water from Tesco, JP. Tell me I'm a Tory. I'm not, no, I'm with you on this. Like, there's a lot of... People just don't like it. It's just like... I like lime and soda, as I explained in, in depth on here. Um, mm-hmm. and we also went through top five angles. No. I should also <laughs> yeah. throw that in there as well. No, I was um, more devastated about my misses my miss on the the
1: fact that I didn't include root oh. beer. I'm a big W root beer fan, so I didn't include yeah. that. But the way no, you know, the angles chat was good too, the wrestling chat. And yeah, I did feel like there was a, a couple there uh, that people mentioned in the chat that we uh that we missed that we uh we maybe should have picked up on.
2: Yeah, the Jericho um cyclope. That would have been my number one, to be honest. Yeah.
1: Like, it was it was such a hard topic to do. It, would been, no, it wouldn't have been number one. I think I'd stand by my number one. It would have been made top five. Because it was like, there's no real research. There's no grapple for angles. There's an idea, Gareth. Like, you've got to have a better spare time. Um, but, you know, Just, it was hard to kind of like dig out every memory you've got of every great angle ever, isn't it? And it's like... Well, once we get into the flow of the discussion, loads of interesting stuff came up. Loads of little ones that maybe you know we had not thought of or, or considered as we went through our our five favorite angles. But yeah, that that is it, it was a harder topic to kind of to get, and such a wide range of one. There's so many different stuff things you could have. Like you know, people mentioned. Um, Owens and Zane, um, and I think it came up during the podcast from NXT. That's one that I might have considered as well. But yeah, you know, I think I think we covered the classics, you know, NWO, you know, some Austin stuff in there. Not to ruin uh, what our fives were, but I think we got a lot of the uh, lot of, a lot of the top stuff I wrapping, a lot of the uh, the classic stuff.
2: Oh, we did. And a couple of slightly obscure choices as well. I think Matty's Bill Watts being beaten down by the uh being beaten down by the Russians is mm. is, a, is fucking superb as, as an angle as well, like, you know, and bleeding. It was like, I think I went with Jerry Laura and ECW as well, yeah, turning up good. there. Like, they're, they're just some really kind of quite lively stuff, but there's so many mm. and there's no... And because angles are happening all of the time. And By the way, yeah, we kind of defined angle as like being that moment, not the whole storyline, but just that moment.
1: Yeah, and that changes yeah. the conversation, doesn't it? Because I would have
2: loved to have, I couldn't pick out,
1: like, so Savage Hogan was a great example. Love that storyline. Couldn't really pick one moment. I know people said, like, the attack backstage, maybe I should have gone with that, But or, mm. like, Sting versus the NWO. I loved all of those segments, but was the one that I could say was one of the top five angles of all mm. time. That was what made it hard. Like you, you had some controversial ones, and you had somewhere, you know, invasion for example. You know, the yeah. angle at the top was great, didn't lead to anything. But we weren't talking best storylines; we were talking best angles. You know, I mean, for a fun chat.
2: I think so, and I think that's the way with it: is you can have terrible storylines or storylines that really disappoint, but there's a great angle at the start of it. And that's the thing that gets you kind of watching, which is how why you end up disappointed, because your expectations become really high. I mean, just thinking back on Jericho for that, he's got a very good track record with angles when you think of it. Even if you're going back to kind of AEW and the, the creation of the Pinnacle, which mm. we really didn't kind of see happening. Step without Baron Air 5, 100%. Yeah.
0: Absolutely best um, AEW angle, best angle of the last 10 years, the Pinnacle yeah. formation.
1: Remember the pinnacle? They were stable once. They were. If they ever really exist? Did they? Did they? But not?
0: that wasn't the conversation. Was a <laughs> you're right. You're right. And so, Simon is function. right. The washing is
1: done. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah. On that note, the, uh, yeah. So we did because there's a lot of trouble on that podcast. Lots of uh, good conversations. Show people. Was the only thing going on on the uh, the Apple Patreon this week? No,
2: we I'm had. Uh, oh well, yeah, we had a um, a Saturday update show as well uh on there where we were covering sort of like our reactions to the uh um i think it was like the big e story dynamite ratings did preview of the weekend as well There's my daily updates which i must apologize i didn't do one this morning but i did notify everyone about that being the case because we were doing one tonight and it's not exactly the strongest of like kind of wrestling kind of show weeks really as much as anything else we've got those and then upcoming we're going to be doing some stuff for sort of getting into WrestleMania season should also say we're doing our live show in about two weeks, um, yeah, at Leeds, the Northern monk something. refectory in Leeds. Um, so, uh, hoping, you know, get tickets from us at grapple forward slash support. Obviously you want to go to the Patreon. patreoncom forward slash grapple. Got fucking links and plugs are plenty here, isn't it? It gets absolutely bonkers.
1: Yeah, get yourself uh, get yourself there if you if you can. Um, definitely looking forward to, uh, to catching up with our, our patrons and uh, and listeners otherwise uh, for that should be a should be a cracking day out. But yeah, uh, obviously yeah, you can still get your tickets for that at slash support And yeah, plenty of other stuff going on the Patreon. We will be doing a, a WrestleMania X Seven um, review and um, to tie in with it, with WrestleMania, we've got um, a great pick by uh, Connor this week. Uh, one of our Kings of the mountains, which you, you can oh, with, yeah. uh, and uh, let us know what you want us to review. And Connor's gone with their uh, samoojo Kurt Angle, series, and TNA. We got Carl um, in the chat threatening all kinds. I think we're doing something ECW related, but he's also threatening something Tokyo Joshi Pro uh, related as well. So mm. yeah, plenty of uh, fun stuff to look forward to, especially for me. For me, there, I'll uh, I'll learn a, a a thing or two, I think, on uh on that podcast. But uh, yeah, we should should move on um, into what's been going on in the the week of wrestling uh, this week, JP, mm. before uh, Streamyard uh, kicks us out. Um, if I fixed any of this podcast, and then I I'll be very proud of myself. Um, but hopefully. <laughs> Well, It'd be a fucking um,
2: job, mate. Just saying.
1: <laughs> we are having some technical issues tonight, to dear audio
2: listeners. But yes, um, we do. At least need to me wearing up. this t-shirt, like I said before. <laughs> I've not asked permission from the families, and clearly they're taking some sort of rather extreme revenge. No. <laughs> there
1: we are. Just take team of super hackers from Japan, mate. That's what it
2: is for you. Though. Wearing a, a t-shirt with Masao's grandkids, there. isn't it? They're fucking after this, mate. Few and they few oh yeah. Well,
1: that you know better men than us have risen above that mm. controversy. Not that we did really in the pre-show, but we'll rise above that and we'll uh, talk the uh, the actual news from the uh, the rest of the world this weekend. Yeah, big big one really to uh, to kick off and mm. you know the uh, the happiest of uh, of notes. But yeah, this uh, this weekend uh, Scott Hall um, sadly passed away. Um, obviously, we uh, we did see the news kind of coming out over the weekend about him uh, being on, on life support following, uh, following surgery. Um, Then got the Instagram update, didn't we, from Kevin Nash stating as much that, yeah, he was on, he was on life support. And really um, it was just a matter of, uh, unfortunately, waiting uh, until the family were all present to, uh, to take him off it. And then, yeah, last night, right before uh, Monday Night Raw, WWE were the ones to, uh, to make the, the formal um announcement there and, yeah, but tons and tons of tributes flooding through photos, stories. Mm. You know, different wrestlers telling different stories. Both wrestlers from, you know, his era. You know, you know, you like to even Triple H and Shawn Michaels, someone on to Twitter to post tributes, and you know, even people as, as far afield as seeing like you know Eugene Nagata. You know, posting nice things about him uh, on his Twitter, right through to more current wrestlers. You know, AEW talents and and others. You know, all. Saying nice things about Scott Hall and uh, talking about his uh his place in uh, in wrestling and you know he obviously as a as a human being was was somebody that you know can you know people people probably went both ways on you know and there were definitely uh some not so uh, happy stories out there with Scott Hall he was someone who obviously you know his uh, his issues that he had kind of wore on his sleeve really a part of his character mm-hmm. at points and. You know his various battles with the, with addiction were you know were massively massively uh, covered as uh, as news stories over time, and obviously the uh, rehabilitation of him, you know, via via DDP, you know, with Jake Roberts. I mean, if we're all honest, probably put an extra ten years on his life, and yeah. um, that maybe he probably wouldn't have even expected that he'd had. But yeah, complicated life and a you know that he had and you know a, a, a sad end but yeah i suppose the uh the one nice thing to see is uh being able to see you know all of the tributes to him and yeah lots mm. of uh lots of positive memories in it and stories out there for, uh, for scott all uh right up uh,
2: and through today well he's kind of one of the most influential figures of the biggest period of wrestling that we've had like yeah. in terms of if we're talking about the attitude era and the monday night wars he goes you know he his defection, and he's the first one, isn't he? He's, he's the one who suggests it to Nash about going mm-hmm. back to WCW, um, like effectively trigger puts stuff in place for the, you know, for the for Nitro to become an absolute behemoth. This mm-hmm. is coming off the back of his his runners Razor Ramon as well, which you know, for me, I always end up going back to the Diamond Stud. That's where I kind of remember him. But it's like just the things about him. Like that really, as as much as anything has always stuck out. And it sometimes, it seems a bit silly probably to, to younger listeners if you're going back and watching like the the Razor Ramon skits. But he was fucking cool. That's yeah. what Scott Hall was. He was cool. Nash said it in the tribute video that they uh, they did for him um, yesterday. He's like, you can't teach cool. And that's mm-hmm. what he was. he yeah. was kind of candid to a fault as well like mm-hmm. somebody who between them and we're going to get into it in terms of like the influence that effectively they kind of changed the way that I think a lot of wrestlers kind of looked at the business behind the scenes as well and about how they played that contract game because between him and Nash, they generally played it to perfection. Mm. I mean, like you say, there's there's so much to get in with him as a, as kind of like his figure, and, and um, as, as a figure and, you know, it was the thing that came out, I think when he did the ESPN interview, and it turns out he he said the story about how he'd, um, how he'd killed someone in self-defense and effectively had lived with the PTSD of that for like a a very long time. And that was the thing that kind of drove like a lot of the sort of demons and addictions and stuff like that. I think it's always, you know, and I think with him though, I think what's really nice is that he had those kind of last few good years so he was mm-hmm. able to get into the hall of fame and mm-hmm. um and things like that you know a big deal for him and there was a lot of like him being able to kind of give back more i think he did some like kind of stints going down at the performance center as well and he always had a great mind for for wrestling and i don't know where he ranks in terms of those like biggest stars not to be a world champion somewhere like because he really is one of those guys who kind of falls into that territory of being like kind of a big star, even if he never was like the guy in any promotion. I mean, as soon as Nash comes in, he's kind of destined to play second fiddle, but he liked that role and he kind of excelled and succeeded in it as well at the same time. So, I mean, like a hell of a career and a career that's going to, you know, that has had like a massive impact in wrestling. And it's funny as
1: well, it's like, it's one of those careers where it didn't last as long as you think it did, you know, when you think about it, like, I was watching, and I'll get into it in a bit, I did watch Monday Night Raw last night, no code didn't turn up, yes, it's still a sore subject for me, Um, but like, during Raw, they had that tribute to him, and you forget like how, you know, that WWF run, you know, what are we talking, a couple of years, you know, he's gone by 1996, It's, Mm. it's not a long time, and then the peak NWO run is what, 1996 to 1998? That's not a long time, and then after that, there's obviously the issues, and there's you know there's a t- couple of well, multiple TNA runs in there, and you know stuff mm. that you you know you wouldn't count amongst you know his his proper career. I suppose this is all post you know career stuff. Is his actual time there isn't much, but obviously yeah, as you talk about there, the, the impact you know during that time is mm. absolutely unbelievable. Just to just to think about, and yeah, you know I think obviously. Echo your thoughts. He was to me like as far as like, I think it's a different world now. I think wrestling now, absolutely Scott Hall would be a world champion. You know, I mean, there's no competitive. You know, Jack Swagger was a world champion. You know, there's a, there's no real you know debate there. And obviously at the time. He came along, you know, there it was it, 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 things were set up a bit differently, and he just, you know, he never cracked that, that point of the card. And I don't even think that's so much as, as substance abuse issues that led to that. It's more just that was who he was. He, he had a bit of a ceiling as far as a, you know, a character, as far as his role in, you know, for example, the end of year, you know, what is he, guy? he's number three? Like, you know, he's behind Nash, he's behind Hogan. Chances are he never was going to be, you know, world champion at that point in WWF. It was, you know, for whatever reason, he was never chosen to be the guy, but mm. he was always there or thereabouts and you talk about yeah you know influence and everything to be honest if you were to but i know it's an easy thing to say you know scott hall came into wcw and it changed wrestling you know, he turned up in the double denim and you know and it it did that's absolutely true you know it kick kick starts that entire period but the biggest thing is like if you if you boil the nwo down to one man it's hot Like, he he was the heart of that group. He was the personality of that group. Everything they did, you know, from the NWO hand sign to the Wolfpack hand sign to crotch chops. I know they're they're silly things to mention, but, you know... The survey. Yeah, the survey stuff, you know, the little point thing they'd all do to each other. That kind of cool, bad guy personality. And I know that's, you know, the thing that's been thrown around a lot this week. That was Scott Hall and all of the other... You know, your Kurt Hennigs and your, you know, even your Ray Trailers and, oh, your Scott Steiners, your Buff Bagwells, everybody else in the NWO was just trying to be Scott Hall. They were trying to do what Scott Hall did and they were trying to be that cool bad guy like Scott Hall was. And, you know, obviously Kevin Nash as well. That's the the one-two combo there, but, like, That he was the NWO, like that's it. And you know, as Liam says, there, you know, he'll always. I went to the um that that famed uh Wolfpack Q and A in Bolton (laughs) um (laughs) at the Reebok. uh, I saw Nash Hall and Waltman do a a, you know Q and A that uh we'll go down in infamy. And I did ask him the question about the uh you know, all the different, ang- speaking of great angles, the uh, the angles of, uh you know, Sting versus the Underbjorn, who was coming up with all that stuff. And he gave a stock answer about how, yeah, you know, the Sting, that character was actually my idea. Um, yeah, you know, because the Crow, car- you know, I thought the Crow was a great movie, and I was saying to Steve backstage, you know, you should maybe do that, grow your hair, I'll be the, be the Crow character. And, you know, it- he likes to take credit for it, but it's true, you know, it's it's a massive... Mm. I- I that that's what that nitro boom period was built on never mind Hogan never mind the big stars and stuff it was Sting versus the NWO and he was a massive part of why that worked and why it was what it was and yeah I think that enough you know is enough to say you know a Hall of Famer one of the best of all time a two-time Hall of Famer is uh, Mm a Shattered, even saying at least you know by WWE standards, and maybe we shouldn't you know, pick that up too much in the in the week that Queen charmelle is going in. But mm-hmm. by any any Hall of Fame standard, he is you know to that level, isn't he? And that's that's never mind the WWF stuff, and that's never mind the you know the stuff that
2: came before it too. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it, it's a hell of a career. It's a really very career. I mean, he ends up effectively he's in what most of the big companies at some point over is over his career, isn't he? I mean, mm. he's, he's wrestling AWA. Like, I think that, you know, that's where, that's where he breaks in, isn't it? I'm just having a look at his, his cage branch. Now I know it's like NWA and then it's like Jim Crockett. And then he's doing like AWA. He does like a fair bit of new Japan as well. In there. And then obviously WWF, WCW, TNA. He made an appearance in ECW. I mean, this is a guy and everywhere he kind of went, certainly, after, like, kind of raising him on, he was always seen as a as a big star. I mean, it's something you mentioned about him appearing in ECW when he comes out to uh Ready or Not by the Fuji. Oh, mate, uh, that's the coolest entrance of all time. Like, I, I made Step Watch out
1: yesterday, didn't I? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I, but I love that. I have like that, that, that's that man summed up to a T. He's you know, obviously got his issues, he's not looking the best of health. The yeah. reason he's doing ECW and he's not in the ECW yeah. at that point. But Fuji's hits, he comes out, he is the coolest man in that room, like by a country mile. Like, and it's both by the choice of song, because it's fucking, you know, an amazing song, ready or not, but just him as well, walking into enemy territory as well, where those hardcore fans should hate him. Like, and they do hate him, or at least they talk about how they hate him before he comes in. And obviously, had all those issues with the, you know, the triple threat backstage and, you know, the the ECW lads, they maybe. Maybe maybe annoyed during his uh, his WWF run to uh, mm. to say the least. Fans of him, he walked out there that fan, that fan base forgot about him because he was so fucking cool. And That's Scott Hall.
2: Yeah, he really was, and and you know he would also tell people about how he would do it. I mean, I I think there's if you're thinking about like kind of Scott Hall the performer, there's like him as the promo of which, mm. like oh. I mean, obviously he's, when he's sort of dropped the the accent necessarily, but. He was captivating, like what? he really was. It's amazing. You look at his physique, he looks like a million dollars. He always did look yeah. really good. And he looked slightly different in the sense that he wasn't like bare-chested. He had the his hair there, which kind of then made him kind of stand out. You think of his matches. Now, admittedly, there's like the best match of his career are against his his best mates. Like really, isn't it? If you're thinking of like your, your kind of Walkman my Name case. five Scott hall matches, David. No, we can do that easily. <laughs> it, it's you know, it, it's it's with that group, um, mm-hmm. and then you think of like his his kind of impact on the angles. I mean, I went back and watched that way he appears, and um, that first show, and it's like the crowd are really fucking confused. Mm-hmm. They're really confused. It's like they don't know what to make of this at all, and obviously that's what they're they're bringing across there. But mm-hmm. then, as mentioned earlier on, I think backstage like I think in terms of like, and you're hearing lots of younger wrestlers talk about this as well, but I think it's just his like between like for all his many faults, he got the wrestling business and he understood things that kind of knew how to generally get over because once he got himself over, he really stayed over. Didn't he? He always was like, that's something for all of his faults. And when he would go away, he was always kind of over. Hmm. It always like worked, even you know, even going into TNA when he appears on the first episode of that and and various (laughs) other things. I mean, this is a guy who who is very like incredibly influential. I mean, I I, and yeah yeah, it's not like he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, but there's just like as a presence, as a person at this really massive moment in time of wrestling, it's like he's a key figure. Yeah.
1: yeah, you understood, like, that's it, the curtain call, you go from there, you go to, like, you know, they obviously DX take over WWF and the NWO take over WCW, but, you know, it, it's kind of, they're overdone talking points now, but it was a world yeah. of, you know, maybe more character type people, and they were just, like, kind of just, you know, cool blokes who you'd love to hang out with, you know, you might yeah. be a little bit dickish, but they were cool, they they were very late 90s, you know, and that went... Yeah. Went right down to, like I said before, you know, the poses and stuff, and the brand and the catchphrase, like, you know, the hey yo. too sweet and for life. You know, I didn't even mention them when so I was talking about the underbuilding. They're both Scott Hall, like they're massive, you know, down to, you know, everything. You know, they, what is Bullet that- Club? Den- yes. Yeah. Yeah, but what is it without without Scott Hall kind of coming in and yeah, yeah you know, I I I've obviously you know we talked about it on the five to one, you know, as far as angles, go' got a lot of time for the the NWO angles that he was a part of there, mentioned Crow Sting, you know the DDP angle when they oh, you know yeah. they anoint DDP like that is literally I know it's kind of it's bullshit when you know. I've seen it bandied about a bit on, on Twitter this week about how, you know, Oscar Hall, such a good guy, he wants to put Chris Jericho over in his hometown. And I was like, well, one, it wasn't his hometown. And two, he, I mean, that, I don't think that's really putting someone over, letting someone get a banana peel, pin on you. You know, it's kind of a cool thing to do,
2: but it's not really that. But, that happens a lot in WCW.
1: Yeah. you have could, could put him over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, well, when it doesn't mean anything, yeah. But when it did hmm. mean something, that DDP one, like we talked about it in 5 to 1, that literally made the career of DDP, you know, the whole stuff with DDP, you know, Emmits Hall and Nash trying to get DDP to join the NWO because of their past ties. And then DDP hits the, the diamond cutter um, on Hall. Nash goes, peeling over the top rope all of that stuff like they they made a baby face you know in that moment i even mentioned the the great angle with there uh, with the uh, savage in ddp where ddp was dressed as uh dressed as La parker it's the yeah. diamond cutter and scott hall's got an amazing cameo in that angle where he's running after um after ddp and he's like acting all shocked at what it, it's on youtube i'll have to throw it in the show but, but, but it's just it's perfect comedic timing like his reaction to it DDP being the man under the mask and stuff, and that was one way you could tell Scott Hall wasn't even part of the angle. He just wants to. He just, he just for whatever reason that night he fancied cornering Savage to the ring and fancied getting involved because it looked like a fun angle to be a part
2: of. Like it kind of summed up who he was, you know. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Uh, God, he's great in those things, and he bumped like a fucker. Now I know, obviously, I remember the the Austin bump from WrestleMania. Is it WrestleMania eighteen? Is it eighteen? Mm yeah um yeah, he yes. comes in like and there's yeah, like, you yeah. know it could be somewhat over the top but he was a really big guy who could <laughs> bump as well and i also don't yeah. think you should be forgotten that at the like the crowd turned in face like it's a really fascinating thing about how in WWF that didn't happen very much in the early really? 90s you didn't get a lot of like kind of your heels getting over as kind of like people who the crowd would go for i remember mm. reading a good article about it today um and you're talking about people like Kurt Hennig would be there, as you know, uh, but very rarely did that happen because it was like so much kind of like stereotypically. So the crowd kind of liked him. When you talk about his facials and stuff like that. Go back to the match he loses against um, uh, what do you call it? against uh, Sean Waltman, one, two, three, kid. Another career mate. Exactly, mate no right Korea. either. Like no. Sean Waltman, have no right to get over in the WWF. Skinny
1: indie lad, you know, who does like who's called the one two, the lightning kid or the one, two, three kid who does these kicks and stuff. And Scott Hall and stuff, I like him for him, made that lad's career too. Oh, absolutely, yeah.
2: And it mm. and it made so much of it because they were tagged, were they tag champs as well?
1: At some, at some... I remember them teaming together. I, that's the thing, I because because I was like, you know, I used to be Bob when, Holly, yeah. Well, when he came in, because that's the thing, he came in as like, you know, literally, he's just that's one of my favorite stories in wrestling history. Vincent Man hasn't seen Scarface, so he thinks Scott Hall doing the Scarface voice is the coolest thing in the world. Oh, what a what a great character you come up with! Here, and he's literally just l- oh. pulling lines, pulling lines out of Scarface, and I say lines, yeah, like, almost on Because I've seen a lot this week about how don't know that you ever put it together. The Razor Ramon, like. Razor Insignia and stuff like that was a reference to cocaine. <laughs> like, yeah. Because that's what Scarface was. He was a coke dealer. Like, that was the uh, the implication
2: of what Razor of was. Yeah, it's very hard. If you've watched Scarface, it's very hard mm-hmm. to remove the cocaine away from Scarface itself. So it's something that <laughs> if, you know, he as a character can't remove himself away. Famously at the end when he has his head buried in it. Shouting <laughs> yeah. about how he's going to fucking kill everyone. Um, oh, and, but, but yeah, it's I have to admit, as a kid, like I, look, I, I knew him as the Diamond Stud first right. of all. Like that was that was it for me. That's where I first came across. He obviously, being managed by um, DDP mm. as well, and he was on that Raw Power tour I went on as well, teaming with Oz as well. So even then, like wow. you know, yeah, looking back on that, like that seems nuts. Yeah, seeing the outside for a thousand people where PnU's could well have been in the main event of that like you know it's it seems incredible it always see it is one of those mysteries why for a long time he was not a pushed commodity yet he had that size and that build that you Mm. and he was athletic enough that you thought why did people Mm. never really go in for it then i think you probably get to a lot of the backstage stuff where they just thought he can't be trusted Mm. or for whatever reason which happened with that steve
1: austin match at wrestlemania you know like nash nash literally didn't get a match for that wrestlemania because you just assume Hall was gonna fuck up, and Nash was gonna to to step in and work Austin. I'm sure, just like that, you know that's kind of the story's got all. But no, like t- to that point, what you were gonna say there? You know, going from that Diamond stud run into WWF. Like, I I don't know how you feel about those vignettes, but they were hugely memorable for me. Like, they were a massive part. Like, you see the and be this. Cool bad guy type, and you know who is this this new guy who's knocking around with Flair and and Hennig, and you know what is he? And then all of a sudden he's a baby face, and you know, well, obviously they say the, the one, two, three kids stuff there, but he was so like, yes, it was a Scarface the half, but those those vignettes like they they have aged really well. Like you go back and watch them now, yeah. I don't know if you've watched any last couple of days,
2: they are brilliant. Like again, coolest man in the world, and yeah, he really was. He was one of the and that's it and that's the thing you you come away with it is just what cooler wrestlers in history are there mm. really than him mm. like i mean really you're talking kevin nash aren't mm. you like as well coming coming book for Hook, but you know um. <laughs> yeah. modern modern day scott hall he <laughs> yeah. also likes the strippers doesn't he <laughs> right. And maybe there's there know as well. and there's a lot and there's a lot to be said for that on an industry built a lot of the times on image and artists. Yeah. if you are cool and you project coolness you know that's part of the reason why the nwo worked like okay. it was the problem ironically he was the problem i always thought with the survey the issue was is yeah. it just swamped wcw and then people just booed wcw reflectively because they didn't want yeah. to boo the NWO. So they didn't want to boo him, which is how you end up with the wolf pack stuff, don't you? Yeah.
1: Well, There's more if people wearing NWO shirts, you might wearing wear shirts. Like, I, as a 12-year-old, look, you know, as much as I love Sting, as the Crow. Like was I really was I watching it for where the big boys play? No, I was watching it because it was the cool place where you know Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and yeah. Six, you know, were knocking around in in, in awesome NWO t shirts and yeah, there's a lot lot to be said for that for being cool. Or to the Hook example, you know what a fucking good looking bloke he was as well. Scott Hall, what a look, yeah. uh, you know one of the all time great looks as far you know that his Actually, early I'm- mustache, mate i've seen a few people say it on twitter and I, think, I think even gareth said it. like you know we've all done that we've all done that scott hall you know entrance you know you might be coming out the shower or you're walking through a door you know you're doing the, the arms out aren't you like a like a tanahashi did you're uh you know you're throwing that imaginary toothpick you're you know, <laughs> even like a little bit of dangly hair he had at the front like every yeah. little bit of that was so purposely done by him and so infinitely like imitatable like it was yeah the absolute definition of cool and you know it's not just that it's the matches too you know you mentioned earlier you know i love obviously there's the the shown by the matches you know bear great you know can't can't exactly say you know dash and hall have a million classics as far as the team goes but you know uh, as far as like you know there was a point where they, you know they brought him he was sting's first defense when he when he won the year. Uh, the title of Hogan, I've got very yeah. you know fond memories of that match. You know the the one two three kids stuff as as you referenced there, both ways as well. You know obviously in putting putting over one two three and being the slipping on a banana peel heel. That's definitely a place where where that you know particular thing worked and got a guy over. You know, right into them being friends and the the matches they had, you know, the intertwining matches they had between the click were all great. And even the other way around when once he'd turned on him and joined the million dollar corporation and he's the heel and raises the good guy, you know, got a lot of time for, for those matches as well. Like he was no slouch. He was
2: you know, he could go, you know, when he needed to. Yeah. He, and it just then makes you wonder if he'd been fully on it and kind of healthy for a lot of this time. How far could he have gone, hmm. like really? Which is an amazing thing to say because he is someone, like I say, who is very much – and it, and it is like that kind of personal fandom. If you were one of those people who lived through the Attitude Era, you're going to end up loving loving Scott Hall. But really they, that is the thing with him is how big could he have been if he'd been yep. clean and healthy throughout that time. But that, in essence, is the the issue with him is that all of that baggage as well is part of him and makes him who he is, which then by turn kind of – I say makes him cooler because that sounds like kind of glamorizing it, but it's so intrinsically part part of his character. Apart from when they used it in the angle, Mm. which I read today they were doing at the same time that WWE was doing the Road Warrior Hawk angle, and I remember him coming back in and then doing the drunks uh, like him doing him as a drunk. I was like, I'm really not not liking this at all. Um, Mm. And there was that point when you're watching WCW where he was just gone for like kind of months at a time, and then he'd come back in. Like- and it was always
1: disappointing because it was always, you know, mm.
2: they. It's like they, you know, when they put the the silver
1: NWO together, you know, with Bret Hart okay. leading it, and it was like, you know, Jeff the- Jarrett. Yeah, Jarrett Steiner. It's like, oh, what a maybe aside from Jarrett, oh, what a cool group of guys. Let's bring the NWO back. Bearing in mind, this is like two years after the NWO stopped being a thing, maybe less. So it's not exactly like it was a retro stable or and There was still still juice in it, and you know, by the next. I think it was like 2 or 3 weeks later you know half of them had got injured Scott all of that personal problems it didn't exist anymore and the same happened you know when they got to the WWE with it and you know they brought in the NWO there and obviously you know they were not, they were only going to ever be used a, a certain way unfortunately within the WWE system but mm. you know they got to a point i remember where i as a, as a DX and NWO fan, I thought it was so cool that all of the click were in the same company together at once. And, you know, right when they seemed to be doing something with that and teasing Triple H doing something with the NWO, Hall had, had some kind of personal problem again. And he did that. The other great backstage vignette where like it was all of the click together without Scott Hall, but with Big Show in his place. And it was like, I mean, this isn't really the same, is it? You know, it's no. like, <laughs> but they have to do that because Scott Hall of the... Uh, Caused more problems playing right from hell, I think, it was uh, around those times, and yeah, you know, obviously, he wasn't worth the, the trouble, you know, and that, that was kind of his career, wasn't it? And that's that's it, really, isn't it? That's the that's the, the flip side of it, obviously. The uh, mm. the dream problems that like you say referenced in there in lots of storylines, you know, I, I'm not saying he was a saint either, you know, obviously. He's just passed, so you don't you don't want to be you know dragging mud up. But some of those tweets he did, some of those things you know, some stuff mm. involving you know fans and stuff was uh, a little bit unpleasant when he was having uh, bad days or bad weeks or, or whatever was going on. There was always kind of that air of thing can still go wrong um, with him. He was definitely you know while it was the nice story that things had turned around, and DDP had done a lot of good for him. There was still that old Scott Hall knocking around in it in some ways, too. And yeah, really, he was his own worst enemy because you know he's not that old once you get out of that, that WF run in 2002. You know, he's still a young man, at least you know, by our standards, JP. You know, he's, he's oh, yeah, 40s at that point. It's not like he's you know 55 or something like that. He still had lots to give, but obviously, you know, any run that really came after that was. It's just, you know, he's taking paydays, isn't he? And he's a bit yeah. bigger and he's, you know, up on a lot of those issues,
2: uh, as we mentioned. And that's it. And then you end up with the um, the kind of resurrection of Jake the Snake, which kind of then becomes like the resurrection of Scott Hall as well, like mm-hmm. kind of halfway, halfway through that film. And that's, you know, that would have been the early part of the 2010s that mm-hmm. that was being filmed as well. And you think of, like, say that would have been 10 years on from that, he would have been in his like late, late 40s, 50, and he was in Mm. sort of terrible shape. I mean, I think it's like I mentioned earlier on, I think it's one of the things where that's it's part of who he is. He's a man who lived his life. Mm. And so yeah, there is like kind of all various facets to his character, which in turn makes him a more interesting kind of character that's Mm. kind of come through wrestling as well. And I would advise people to watch some of his shoot interviews. Yes. Because when you get him talking on that, like, and it's, it's something that I'm always fascinated. With, is like, what are they like on shoot interviews? Well, two of the best shoot interviews, you're always going to get a Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, mm-hmm. even together, because, and it's one of the things that I always appreciate as a fan. I mentioned earlier on, it's how candid he is. Mm-hmm. There wasn't like areas. He wasn't like, he wouldn't be afraid to go to. Yeah. He, it's, you know, you can take or leave whether or not you believe him talking it, but he would, Generally, you would do. You'd like look. This is how I viewed this. I viewed this as a dollar and cents business. So Mm -hmm. these are the best business decisions. And yes, that might well have impacted some people in other ways. But I'm not responsible for them. Mm -hmm. Like you know, you don't have. You only have a certain amount of time while you're kind of there. And and you know, if to be honest, when he was having a lot of his issues, I think where where we were is like when wrestlers pass away sadly he was always someone who you thought if that happens you're not going to be entirely surprised so I'll be honest yeah and we're talking 2022 when he passes away so mm-hmm. you think there's a good few years there and probably in a personal sense he would have mended a lot of bridges and stuff like that because that's what he seemed to do as well and kind mm-hmm. of you know get a lot of things kind of within his own life somewhat in order so in a sense that's why we're leaving you know he, you know, he he leaves the world in a in a, you know with a kind of better memory of him than than what it would have been if it had been sort of like fifteen yeah. years ago as well. He got so- to kind of he got to kind of write the end of his own story towards the end. And you talk about bookend and things. I mean, I know it's
1: mm. you know it, it's sad, obviously, you know that he passed and stuff, but. You know, that, that hall of fame speech like that video yeah. us, that was on raw last night like you know the, that that line of you know bad times don't last but bad guys do like chills like yeah one of the great hall of fame speeches what a way to kind of underline his career really and kind of yeah mm-hmm. you know it's a it's it's a nice way to think about it isn't it? it's a nice way to think about him and it's yeah nice way to think about you know like you say the impact they had on the industry both on screen and like you said there are a lot of young wrestlers coming out over the last few days to say you know he gave me this bit of advice backstage at an indie show oh it was so cool when mm. he liked me match or or even you know scott hall telling his scott hall jokes where it's you know that, that line he kept bringing out. i think bully ray the famous one isn't he um but it's 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 something like oh nice finish brother I can't wait to kick out of it <laughs> you know it's just that's yeah. so what he bully doing. ray was pissed about that wasn't he anyway, yeah, and again, Good. the older you get, the cooler National Hall look in those little moments where you think, yeah, put Bully right, actually. Yeah, I would have backed it <laughs> up back then, but yeah, you know what? They were right, fuck it. You, know, you had the right attitude, mate. Get as much money as you can out of the business and uh, and get yourself out. But,
2: yeah, I used to love their yeah. stories about how somebody would sign for WCW of big money, and they would just both go, well, casually went to Eric going, look, you need <laughs> to re-up us and put us on the same salary. So he did. We worked less dates. I mean, I don't think, you know, these are things that I don't know if they necessarily helped him, um, but yeah, what, what a career. I mean, there's so much stuff we've kind of tiptoed around and really, like, to a degree, we haven't gone into, like, kind of lots of matches, which I hope at some point we do a mixtape on school because I'd be fascinated to, yeah. to go back and have a look at some of these because mm. it feels like like it's been quite a long time in my case, was sort of watching like a lot of his kind of the best of his work and Razor Ramon. And I wasn't predisposed to like WWF at that point in time, but I have to say between him, most of the click was, that was kind of a lot of the cool stuff. Generally, was. There was them, there was heart, you know, that, 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 was the stuff that, you know, we didn't have Austin at, at that point in time. So yeah, like a, a life well lived. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, there's no, no, um,
1: you know, yeah, there's no easy way to move on, I don't think. But I suppose there's, there's a tie in there to to what is kind of our next story in that. I mean, Cody Rhodes could let everything <laughs> go through. His skull. I mean, I suppose that's kind of what happened with Cody Rhodes in that he, you know, he he probably did, you know, Punk and uh, and uh, you know Brian come in and you know Jericho's on Big Money, you know, but you can imagine Cody to be like, oh, you know, I'm I'm your original big star, mate. How about you? Uh, you pay me what you're. Uh, you're paying them. Uh, maybe there's a bit of a link there. I'm actually the reason I bring up Cody and the reason that it's worth talking about is yeah, there was yet a, another Monday Night Raw that took place in Jacksonville. Yeah. Monday Night Raw that included loads of, you know, Scott Hall references, particularly from Kevin Owens. Um, also, Monday Night Raw, unfortunately, that uh, posited the uh, Kevin Nash versus Seth Rollins. So Kevin Nash, Ke- Kevin Nash wouldn't see him dead in this, but in this match. Kevin Owens <laughs> versus Seth Rollins in Winner Gets to Interview Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. Yes. That is uh, That is what the children are fighting for on Oh, for fuck's
2: um, sake!s um, yeah,
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That's what the that's what they're building up to, mate. That's everyone. They treat they treat WrestleMania like they're dateless teenage lads, and like they're the nerds mm. in like a in a in a teen rom com where they need a date for the prom, and that's literally like four or five different people's storyline in WWE right now. And Owens and Rollins are right at the forefront of that. And obviously Owens has got his big interview with Stone Cold. But it's, you know, whatever. That's happening. But they were building up Rollins, getting involved with it. And Sean Ross right before Raw. To be fair, we should pay more attention to the spoilers. He had pretty much outright said, you know, it looks like they're, they're doing something with them and maybe Rollins is going to get involved in that. And You know, there's obviously been reports from Bodyslam.net that uh, Cody is, uh, is not close to coming in. You know, Meltzer maybe gave some... Maybe different take on that, that, you know, Co- Cody versus Seth Rollins is apparently still on the docket for WrestleMania um, or at least it's you know, still written down somewhere, whatever they keep these things written down. But nobody knows any detail. I There were a couple of hints there. You know, there was, you know, a couple of lines about, you know, nightmares coming up or dreams coming true and, you know, the, the road to WrestleMania, all that stuff. But at the end of the day made to spend three hours watching Monday Night Raw again and Cody Rhodes. I mean, I thought this was the one. It was in Jacksonville, JP. You know, we... uh, Mm. (laughs) The excuse is Steph's an actual journalist and she has to watch it for work, so that's kind of... It was awful. (laughs) Well, if the news broke,
2: you'd have to break it, it, wouldn't you? I'm assuming three hours, is it... How unwatchable is it? Completely. (laughs) That That bad? bad?
1: just like it's, just, it's, oh, it's, i said it last a time cody
2: rose appearance isn't going to be the thing no kind of like yeah i'm not going to be it's not going to happen for me anytime soon i I don't like to tarnish my phone like i say by going to the um bt sports app and putting mm. on highlights that's how little i think of it but mate three hours of that show of that shite you have a take on Monday Night Raw? Any overall thoughts?
0: Yeah, um, this Seth Rollins-Kevin Owens thing is just one of the most pathetic things I've ever witnessed. Like, I don't know how we're meant to take Seth Rollins seriously when he's been left off the WrestleMania card and has to fumble for, to try and find a match. And then instead of even just doing, like, attacking someone he's like, oh, I could do, I could take my mate's talk show. Like, what the fuck? You know, like, fuck being a wrestler. Let me be Ellen DeGeneres for the night. Thank you. You know, and it just makes them look so pathetic because at the end of the day, like, it, it even kind of exposes the business in a way because we're meant to think all these things are, are organic and it just so happens that we have these big matches set up, but now I just feel like all these guys are running round backstage being like, will you feed with me, please? And we get <laughs> on the WrestleMania card. I've never taken Seth Rollins seriously as a man or a wrestler, and I take him even seriously, like even less not seriously Not like the Sami Zayn no. tribute act now? Uh, that
1: on Scream star?
0: awful. It's just so awful. Like making them.
1: He's popular with the journos, isn't he? I thought you'd like him.
0: Seth Rollins? <laughs> I'm not popular with the journos.
1: <laughs> I know that.
0: No. <laughs> It's just, it's pathetic. I That's mean, a good,
2: pathetic. safe club to be in, Steph. Don't worry about that.
0: And I was listening, you know, you're, you're talking about Scott Hall and Scott Hall becoming, like, being cool and stuff Scott Hall did. He never did a fucking storyline where he's wandering around being like, somebody please wrestle me <laughs> yeah. or let me speak to them. If Seth Rollins does an interview from WrestleMania, I'll give him a PR contact. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Just... Awful, and I like I wanted to see Cody come in to just laugh at it, but then at the end of the day, like if Cody had debuted last night, Mm -hmm. and I do think he will be Seth Rollins' WrestleMania opponent, like it almost seems like a consolation prize for Seth Rollins. Like they couldn't get anyone here, so and what's the storyline going to be? Cody needs to come in with like an actual storyline, really. The storyline is always going to be Seth didn't have an opponent. Mm So Cody turned up.
1: Yeah, and that—that's kind of my thoughts on it as well. It's like, mm. you know, I—I—I I I just have few to even look if it because I—I that I know people are kind of reading into it because I was, you know, this was Jacksonville, so like you know, shitty WWE. Can I love to debut Cody in Jacksonville, and they didn't, which made me think maybe it's not coming. But I think you're right. Yeah, they're not doing it. I would say
0: those per people of Jacksonville, right? <laughs> like two weeks to go, I. Would- I, two weeks ago, I attended a show with the great people of Jacksonville where we got to see CM Punk being like hung with a dog collar <laughs> colored covered in blood. It was absolutely iconic and so cool to see. Imagine then, a couple of weeks later, you we go to another wrestling show, watching Seth Rollins run around in what looked like a dressing gown with a man bun trying to find someone to dance with him at WrestleMania. <laughs> you look good in the street, Awful, <laughs> like, oh, like, well, but it contrasts those two Jacksonville yeah. shows, though. Like, come yeah. on.
1: Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because, like, you know, we'll get grief, on with JP, on this podcast of being like, "Oh, we are, we're critical of AEW, but um, to a point, because we love it. Because, like, it's fun yeah. to, it's fun to analyze, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. some things are better than others. But you ask me, like, what's it like watching Monday Night Raw in twenty twenty two? Like, you realize how lucky we are that AEW exists. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if the lead storyline in AEW was Hangman Page. And Brian Danielson not feuding over the world title, feuding over the, the idea of one of them might, might get to interview—I don't know—Rick Flair or Bret Hart or something like that. Yeah, like, it's
2: just that that's is, exactly what I'm thinking. Mm,
1: it's
0: yeah. fucking... imagine what WWE would do with like Eddie Kingston. You know, run in mind? Try yeah. to find for oh. something like?
1: Oh yeah, like it's
0: so bad.
1: And, and to that point, like I think with this story too, like I, what. How the, If this is how Cody is coming to WWE, and I'm pretty convinced it's still happening, even if maybe it gave me a little bit of doubt it not happening last night. Maybe they're waiting for Go Big Show to finish up on TBS. Maybe he comes in raw after WrestleMania. Maybe he literally comes in the week before WrestleMania as a consolation prize match for Seth Rollins. But how do you even build that? you got Seth Rollins bouncing around doing a bad Sami Zayn impression, and then Cody comes in in a suit and is trying to have a serious, you know... I'm Scott all in 2022 kind of thing. I Cody, can't see where
0: if Cody is coming in from AEW, we well, all know that does. he's just been in AEW. Yeah. He's like an invader. Mm. So he should go after the top guy, Roman Reigns, not the idiot that can't get a match. Yeah. Like he's come in to challenge a guy who can't even get a match in the car, and instead of being like, I'm coming here to like cut you know, cut it off at the head, like let me get Roman or Brock, mm. someone. Like, oh, this lunatic without a match. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
2: I'll go with him. it It's also the fact in one of my, the recent WrestleMania kind of big moments that I actually liked his cash in against yep. Lesnar. Yeah. And you thought he was being made a big star. I wasn't sick of him at that point. I was like, kind mm. of, like, kind of fine with the idea of it. I generally liked it. But this is, it, it just sort of shows where they are booking wise. Cause I'm having a look at this Mania card. And no, like, I mean, you're talking through it on the, uh, on the daily updates, Jamie. mate. <laughs> so
1: you're
2: not impressed, mate. <laughs> it is, it's fucking desperate, yeah. Like, oh, we're obviously going to be going to watch night two, which does look like the kind of bigger night, like what they're setting in up in Leeds, but by the way, not, in, just a, a, not a in Leeds, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, the thing I'd like to mention, sort of, um, just in 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 terms of like, like just the level of matches they've got on here. If you compare this to like Revolution, night one, Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey, Becca Lee, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair, the Mysterios versus Miz and Logan Paul, Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin, and the Usos versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Know that Nakamura will be so disinterested he'll fall asleep on the apron waiting for a tag. Like that's <laughs> that's probably what will end up with him. Night two, Lesnar versus Reigns, then you've got Queen Zelina and Carmella versus Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn, Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory, Edge versus AJ Styles, and then they have it, uh, and then there'll be a tag match involving RK Bro at some point. And Austin is now, after all of this, and we us thinking he's going to come back, is basically doing the same segment he did a few WrestleManias ago. No. Yeah. Like it's exactly the same thing. He's going to get the stunner on Owens. Like Owens will think it's a really like big deal for him, which is the kind of completely the wrong attitude to yeah. be having, really in within wrestling. But I that's the fucking mark. Any
1: that's all. We're he, that's what Kevin Owens is.
2: But that's the attitude they want. They want them to be completely reverential because they don't view them anywhere near the same level as like what an Austin and people of of that era were. And I suppose you look at the viewing figures and you think, well, maybe there's a point about that. But then it, it just goes into what their booking is. I can't tell you what a lot of the storylines and angles going in to WrestleMania are. Really I can't. No, that's what I was going <laughs> to ask you. What, note, what were the noteworthy events from Raw? Go on, wrestling journalists.
0: Oh, from law, Like, absolutely <laughs> fuck all. I was just going to say that they tried to do something with Charlotte and Rhonda, which was an exact kind of copy of what they did with Becky and Ronda, and except the camera mm-hmm. cuts were so insane that it was just a load of blonde hair flying about the screen where you couldn't even see anything. It was it was so awful. But, like, to your point with the Austin thing, they're never going to get out of this cycle of just feeding their guys to old stars. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so uncool. <laughs> like if,
2: yeah. it, if it was a match, I could understand the excitement. But it's an angle, and the angle's gonna go the same way the match is gonna go. So you don't even get a match out of it. You get a pop for Austin <laughs> and a few other things and a beer and a stunner and a beer bash. We've seen it all uh... before. I think there'll be a brawl. I think they'll do more.
1: I, I think Austin was yeah. purposely vague in his promo. His promo, by the way, which they released on Twitter. <laughs> and replayed on Raw last night. So he didn't even get that on as like a debuting thing on Raw. But I think to me it's like Austin, he's so protective of himself. He doesn't want to, you know, call it a match. So he's probably not gonna wear gear, it'll be a t-shirt and jeans and you know, jean shorts or whatever. But I think it will resemble a match. I'm more confident they will. You know, do a full walk and brawl, and you know, maybe Austin might even take a bump. Um, but will know.
0: it get KO
1: over? though? Of course, it will No, it'll get Austin over. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's been doing this since like the early 2000s, though. Like, you know, Austin used to, when he's the the pretender, like this is fret like Austin, when he was Commissioner of Raw, would be beating up all the heels every week, you know. And it's, yeah, we've had loads of these segments where he's come in and beat people up, and I do think Owens will get more, but you're right, he's still He's there to interview Stone Cold Steve Austin WrestleMania. He's there to be keyed up for a stunner. You know, he's not a credible equivalent to Austin that Punk might have been, you know, at a certain point in time or if it was physically possible, a Brock would be or a Roman would be. I mean, he's there to fill a role. Danielson. Anymore. Yeah, Danielson. Or to fill a role of all the men who came before him. That's, that's what he's there for.
2: Yeah. And it's a damning indictment, ultimately, that this mm-hmm. is a lot, this is as much, you know, as big a thing for them as Ronda Rousey wrestling, which a few years ago, we would have gone absolutely batshit the mm-hmm. idea of that, even if you know, thought, oh, she's in there against Charlotte, that would have been something to look forward to but it's it, it just sort of points to the general malaise, it's the reason I don't watch it is I, I just look at it as a show that is effectively unwatchable in its current format and Cody, just to sort of bring it back onto him, him going into that, I mean he can't be under any illusions what he's walking into, I don't see that run being a success in the sense of, is he going to be a top-line star, which is how he views himself. Well, no, he's always going to be like, at best, it's going to be like a high two.
1: Mm. It's
2: not 1A, 1B, 1C. That's not, that's not the position he's going to end up going. I'm sure he'll get pay-per-view main events if he goes in. There's that part of me that still weirdly somehow thinks he'll turn up on AEW. Like if, if stuff happens it. in some like it. if he turned up as like full blown heel, shits and giggles, I'd pop for the first week. It'd be mad and would fit in very much on vogue with Cody Rhodes angles where they're just fucking full of lunacy. But, um, the, you know, is there a point where if you're Tony, you think you can get a really good kind of hot angle out of this or, you know, is it is it a fait accompli that he's going to be their mania against Rollins? I don't know. Because I'd say the the option of him turning up in AEW going interests me a lot more.
1: It does to me. I just think it would be funny, um, to be honest. Like, or if he came back and did Ring of Honor or something like that. It would be, it'd be typical Cody bear stuff. Um, NWA. NWA, is that his level? I,
0: I think he's, he could be talked into it.
2: <laughs> he's, probably, he's, 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 he's controlling his narrative, couldn't he, I suppose. I mean, there's a retro perspective, but no, that's the issue with him in terms of like this. Other companies are speaking to him, and I was like, well, I assume the NWA, but that would be a one shot, and that's because they've, you know, they've done that NWA title storyline with him before. Maybe he fancies a third match against Nick Aldis. I don't know, but it's very like it's it's also Cody, isn't it? It's all a mess, even when he's not wrestling and he's not on TV and he's not on the. He's got me watching three hours, JP. Yeah. All of his storylines are still a mess when he's not in wrestling. Yeah, it? Still ends up with you watching <laughs> Raw for three hours for no real reason, waiting for a storyline thats isn't hasn't happened. Is <laughs> uh, a question, Mr. Dynamite would you would you welcome uh, Cody Rhodes back with, with open arms to AEW? Uh,
0: the traitor, Cody Rhodes. No, the I don't. I don't think I would. Um, no, nothing against him. Like, there's just so much good stuff, and there's so many good people. And it's well, the hard, show is better without him. Obviously. It's hard to get over how bad the segments were. Like in, in within a space of a month, him and Brandy did the two worst segments in the history of Dynamite. They're worse than the whole. That's true. Brandy would have to
1: come back to you know pre
0: Christmas Dark Water oh, stuff. changed yeah. it Like those things were worse and. I just I think the only way he can come back is if he kind of like stays in his lane, and I don't think he's willing to do that. No, that's why I could even see him being talked into like an NWA, like Billy Corgan being like, "Hey, it's your dad saying and getting it in his head that you could make that like the mm. second or third promotion, which is never going to happen." But he, you know, like he's, yeah, I I I want to see him in WWE. Like he he left and he you
1: know, go have your go at it. Yeah. I, think I think Mikey makes it a good point in the chat here. He says, look at it this way, put the worst angle in AW and WV, and it would be close to the best thing on that show. rather Andrade like and, and Mahari would be red hot. Unless it's a brandy
0: <laughs> promo. Yeah,
1: true. There is that. Um, but, oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I enjoy the carnage, and I... I can't imagine I'm gonna watch many more of these three R Raw's in the desperate hope that Cody's gonna turn them. I just wanna but as a news story, it's still got my attention. I still think it's were the
2: story. dirty dogs on it on Raw. Don't think so, really?
0: I can't remember. I I can't believe the Street Prophets are heels.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, they're doing stuff what? with Street Profits and yeah, Riddle and Orton and stuff.
2: And Why are, are they heels? Things.
0: And I think, Mo- I think we're Montez Ford life. had
2: breakout single star stuff kind of all yeah. over him. Yeah,
1: well, they made sure to, to give us uh, plenty of time for uh, for Logan Paul. So, uh, I mean, to be fair, it comes across as a bigger star than most of the roster. So, you yeah. know, and I, I'll be honest, you know, I will laughed at, you know, the, there is that, uh, the silly, you know, uh, Sammy Zayn stuff going on over on SmackDown. And, you know, Mikey made a good point in the chat there that, you know, no matter how shit mania is, you know, you got to get the likes of Coulter Harlock going, oh, Johnny Knoxville took Sammy, Sammy Zayn's pants off and he was wearing pink underwear. How funny was that? But he is actually quite entertaining. And the Knoxville stuff, and the, you know, the stuff with him giving out his phone number and all of that going on on Twitter with Sammy Zayn's phone is blowing up. I'm finding that far more entertaining than him anything else they're doing to, to build this WrestleMania that isn't, you know, yeah, Roman Brock is probably, you know, what they're relying on to, to be the match, and you know, maybe they're not going to put any effort into anything else, because it definitely seems that way, but, yeah, you know, watching, just skipping through, as, as like a tourist watching Raw, JP, you know, Ronda he mm-hmm. couldn't look Less interested um, in being being a wrestler anymore. Like it's written all over her face. She does not want to be there. It's nowhere near the quality of you know that previous run that she had. And yeah, and her heart is absolutely not in it. It's just yeah, it's it's just not something she wants to be doing. So you can't really even force yourself to to get excited about that. Like I say, the Mysterio stuff is happening. There's there's the riddle and all the stuff that's that they're kind of building slowly and whatever just. Same much I mate, three hours of lots of, of crap. And the biggest thing like I found interesting watching it was like so the main event segments, Kevin Owens came out, and I'm not joking, it was like 25 minutes past the hour, and then he get he gets in the ring, and then they show a video package, and then they go to ads, and then they show another video package, and then there's a backstage interview, and then Steph Rollins come out. Kevin Owens was probably stood in that ring for about 20 minutes. It is the weirdest structured show. I don't <gasps> understand what it is. Like, go, how are you supposed to suspend your disbelief after what he's been doing this entire time he's he's been out there? It's the oddest thing to watch. It's just the fairest thing from, from wrestling. Like you, you just you're so happy AEW exists. Anytime anytime I put their TV mm. on, I'm just glad that we have an actual wrestling company around, at least in uh, in North America that we can we can all spend more of our attention on than allegedly the biggest wrestling company in
2: the world and allegedly the biggest calendar month of their year. It, it just says a lot, doesn't it? Like, mm. just from that creative perspective, how absolutely bankrupt they are. Mm. I mean, Jesus, I'm more excited about Paige Van Zant and AEW than I am yeah. Ronda Rousey. And she was nowhere near the level of star of the, what Ronda Rousey is. It's yeah. quite credible, really. But that's how disinterested I am in that part. I can't get enthusiastic.
0: But Wanda looks like an idiot for not going after Becky anyway.
2: And mm. going after Charlotte. And that's where now. the story is, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. Is, mm. I don't know. No, it. but Becky Lynch, and in terms of like a, a rematch and stuff like that, that's where the story is. The yeah. Charlotte stuff feels like we're just trying to delay it by a year to get two yeah. matches out
0: of it. The Charlotte stuff is either Charlotte demanding she gets a London match or Ronda knowing that she can't go up against Becky mm. because everyone likes Becky mm. <laughs> and she mm-hmm. outclass her in every way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy Lail's here, so the McDonalds are wrestling. That's what they're doing.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah.
0: More well, like abracadabra.
2: <laughs> abracadabra. Hey. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's them. but getting you know more classy matters. I suppose we should talk the uh, the actual good rest and that's uh, mm-hmm. that's going on around the world. And you know we have uh, got a got to check in with uh, with some AEW posts the uh, the pay per view show we mm-hmm. uh, we did last week uh, with Gareth JP. We should uh, should talk uh, some dynamite um, from this weekend. Uh, and some rampage too. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll you know going from Raw to, to talking about this. I mean, you're talking night and day. I'm not saying I didn't have uh, my issues with. Some of the stuff on the, on this episode of Dynamite, but you give me, you know, a Dynamite that's got, you know, a lot of the stuff in that first hour. You give me a Dynamite that's got something stronger, that Jericho in, the, in Kingston segment. You give me a Dynamite that's got, okay, yeah, it went a bit long, but the stuff with, you know, Regal um, and Moxley and uh, and Danielson on it. You know, you give me a show with so much happening on it, which can be a fault at times with Dynamite. You compare those two things together, and yeah, you've got a much, uh, you know, a much more
2: engaged um uh, watching Dynamite on a on a Wednesday night than uh, than watching Raw on a Monday. Oh God, yeah. When thinking of this show, I mean, Jesus, there was stuff happening all over the place. It was like a proper reset show. Mm. It was like pay per view and finish. It was almost like what WWF used to do where yeah. there was a sense of these are the storylines we're moving into next. And we're going to find kind of ways to connect them together. And like you, it's not like I'm loving everything on the show, but there's life and there's energy and mm. there's things going on where you just kind of think I'm enjoying this. Like this is stuff at least I can get into. At least the storylines are like sort of interesting and connected. And there's, there's a plan for it at least as much as anything else. And we may not agree with elements of the plan. And I think we're going to feel differently about one particular kind of idea that they've gone with, but at least there's life there. Mm. Like there's so much about WWE that sounds like it's going through the motions. That's not something you can really accuse AEW of doing. No, that's
1: it. And yeah, for it's faults, I'll always love it. You know, we might pick apart different things that happen on the show, but you know, you're you're always going to pull something out of it. And, running through this show like i that you know i'm not the biggest i haven't been the biggest chris jericho in 2022 fan but mm-hmm. you give me a match like he had with eddie kingston on the pay-per-view and then you give me an angle like this and um, i love that i bought it hotline and I, I did not see it coming even when 2.8 came out with daniel Garcia. yeah and my presumption was Daniel Garcia was going to end up doing something with Brian and Moxley. And, you know, that was the route they were going. And thought 2.0 but would, would just playing spoiler again. And it was going to be, you know, we were leading to a Kingston-Jericho team-up kind of situation. I thought that was so well done. Like, one, I mean, the promo was incredible uh, from Kingston. Mm-hmm. Great T-shirt he was wearing, by the way. You can get a... A version of that at a, a post wrestling uh, store, and um, if you uh, if you so choose, um, but you know he him coming out. He was he was unbelievable. You know, giving the the segment a bit of depth and talking about how you know Jericho, you know maybe you know. Demons in him, you know. Was he, you know, were the things that he, he, he you know, was there a reason he didn't shake his hand? Is the the things Jericho needs to sort out with himself? And you know, Jericho did a good job of, you know, feigning, you know, wanting to shake his hand and feigning to want to be a baby, right up until when when. Um, The 2.0 lads came out, and Santana Ortiz came for the save. I was watching it going, is Jericho legitimately hurt here? Why are 2.0 not really going for him? Why It looked like every time they went for him, Jericho was telling them to go and get Kingston instead, and I just thought he was calling spots. I thought, for whatever reason, he'd he'd hurt himself and didn't want them near him, but that made sense too. Of course, if if the swerve was coming, why would they beat up Jericho when he was on the floor? And Right up until like I laughed my head off when Jake Hager ran out and like I don't know whether the angle was that JK made his decision in that moment. He wasn't happy about turning on Santana and Ortiz and realized, you know, Jericho was there as bread bread is buttered, which is definitely the real life situation as well, because if he's not yes. attached to the hip to Chris Jericho, what is JK giving to your wrestling company it's Yes. this But that was a great moment as well. And yeah, you know, I thought it was a really good way to, you know, reboot a few different things and move LAX, move Santana Santa Ortiz away from Jericho, formally, now properly, you know, align up with Kingston properly, set up this new group whose name, maybe not the best, and we can uh, we can talk about that. Mm. Um I think, uh, Jericho Appreciation Society uh appreciator, but as far as a money angle goes, I thought this was an incredible way to kick off dynamite and yeah, just thought it was it was really, really well done.
2: It's one of the things that I've really enjoyed about like my Thursday mornings generally are like when I'm going into work, I'm watching dynamite completely unspoiled. I didn't see this coming. Like I was, I was so pleasantly surprised by the whole thing. It just felt um that it was something that, and there's, there's issues I would say another heel faction, like, yeah. you know, things like that is a, is a Jericho Heel turn, like, where's this going to be going? Is this about kind of really getting Daniel Garcia over as, like, kind of, like, a bigger star? I'm fine with 2.0 being with him, by the way, because I think there's always a good use for them. They're great, kind of, it sounds really demeaning, great pin eaters. They're like mouthy,
1: like, you can imagine them in, like, a Jackie Chan film where it's, like, the mouthy, you know, street hoodlums who, like, you know, get their comeuppance. They're perfect for a stable... They're perfect to be aligned with Jericho, to be honest, they're great.
2: That's it. They are they're they're, they're 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 superb, and I've always enjoyed. They've been such a pleasant surprise since they've been on there, mm. and it's 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 an overtly heelish group. I just hope ultimately the focus is going on to Garcia as like right, we're gonna gonna make this guy mm-hmm. like if if that's the aim. Because I mean, you would say, look at the job that they've done with Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Like I'd say, it's worked yeah. for what it has. Like I mean, he's not. I'm not saying he's a main event star and other stuff like that, but he's certainly like one of those people who gets the, the crowd reactions and stuff like that. So if you can do that for Garcia as well, Um the fact it's extending this in with like, with LAX as well. I mean, I just hope it doesn't, it isn't something that necessarily derails them for going for the tag titles, which is really where they should be ultimately, mm-hmm. but it's still getting them involved in sort of like good storylines. Mm-hmm. I would say as much as anything else. And, and Jericho's, this is the reinvention thing again. I think there's mm-hmm. a point where he sees, yeah, this face run is going where it is, needs to turn heel. Like, is isn't someone who's going to mess around necessarily with that. And I would say that's that's one of his strengths. It's not always about the content and the filter for the content, but in terms of getting the idea of, actually, I need to change something up. He's not afraid to do it. Yeah. What do you make of the name? Jericho Appreciation
1: Society. You know, we've got a... Yes. says in the chat, he's a fan of it, you know, plays on the ego of, of Jericho, um, you know, he's uh surrounds himself with uh, people who tell more oh, how great he is because so, I mean, that's I mean, the obvious point that it's not original, folks. In a circle 2.0, yes, everyone made that connection, yes, everyone thinks that's a better name, probably is a better name. Um, I don't know, at least he's a heel, I suppose, is the point, you know, if it was uh, <laughs> I suppose it works for the, the, the heat, but I don't know, I think longer term. Yeah, I don't know how well that works for the benefit of the other people in the stable, but maybe that's the point.
2: Yeah. I don't think it's a very good name at all. I wondered whether or not it was like a reference to jazz man, who was the, uh, the person behind, uh, Babylon. Zoo.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. And, uh, like maybe it was, it was some sort of reference him as well, who these days looks like, uh, one of our patrons, Liam, if you're very much, if you if look at how Jazzman's looking these days with the beards, I'm
0: Googling but, he was hot.
2: I thought that was Johnny Wolf. Um, <laughs> got, yeah. Spaceman, that. that was their song. There we go. There's a closing theme. Babylon's
0: um, album was very good, actually, that Spaceman came from.
2: And God, folks, we've got multiple Scott Hall themes here that, 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 that are probably taking back. <laughs> yeah, tip, getting this on, on here. I mean, it'll get him off commentary. I'll say that as well. That's probably hopefully a little added bonus. I, hope so. I think so. It got so. Him off this week. Yeah, it got him off this guy. week. Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Mikey mentions it there in the chat. Actually, it's a really good point about playing on the ego of a man who still thinks he's the center of attention and surround himself with those who will tell him there how great he is. Mm. That's kind of fine, and, and and I think if if this is like, because I could see like this should be the kind of thing where you are also. I talk about building Garcia. Building Eddie Kingston up like a substantial feud with good promos, another couple of bloody matches with him. You could easily go to a cage match with Jericho and stuff like that. There's lots of bells and whistle stuff you can do. Oh, we're definitely and-
1: building build and guts here. Like fast and yeah. fire. Maybe get maybe get Brian and Moxley involved or homicide Hernandez, maybe. <laughs> you know, they've been referenced a lot. Well I love that personally, but yeah, you know, I think Mox Brian. Oh sorry, we've got we got there there. Big inner circle. You, you, you're still um, mourning the loss of the inner circle, stuff? Is that what you want to say?
0: Um, No, I'm not mourning the loss of the inner circle anymore. But I just want to say, like, I think this was very good. Uh, Yeah, this segment was really good. And I think that this heel turn is the best thing that Jericho can do right now because, you know, he was clearly turning heel. He's got the problem with this song that everyone sings along to, but I still think it works in this egotistical, everyone should love me type heel thing where he can still just bask in it as a heel. Mm. Um, and I think it's, you know, recently, I think some people might have been down on some of his stuff. And then in the past couple of weeks, he came back with like a Banger Kingston match. So Showy's still got it. And now a heel character that kind of plays into that. Like if people think he's egotistical or in any way, like taking advantage of younger wrestlers, then he's like, that's literally his character now. You know, he's Mm. taking in these guys and making them his followers because
1: he thinks this
0: is like a variation on his original AW character where, where he wanted everyone to say thank you to him. You know, for doing this, and it's like he's gone back to that, and I think that, that that's really good. I think it's really clever as well. If there's if you've got criticisms, if you can make them into your character and make it good, then
2: mm. it's mm.
0: It, it's excellent.
2: Yeah, it, it also massively helps. He he's got himself into really great shape. Like I can't be under. We've been very critical of of Chris mm. Jericho on here, and a lot of the matches at times have felt kind of lackluster as well. I think that Eddie Kingston, like you mentioned, there is that, that Eddie Kingston um match and then leading into him turning heel, like you think to yourself that you know this is this is the kind of thing where like he, he feels like he's kind of setting himself up you poss- it's it's a tough thing to say, like his last major run. But this, this could be, be like I mean, based on that Kingston match, we were all ready for him to
1: retire, weren't we? And now, you know. Yeah. The- but yeah, it could be like yeah, and it could be you know a way to like Carl says in the chat there, you know, give Garcia a bit of a win streak, you know, I, I, you could you could build that story in. Um, I, don't know. I Good point you've made those steps to me privately though as well as like, this whole story about how you know the inner circle were holding back, you know, Santana and Ortiz, they were holding back Sammy Garcia. I mean, kind of proving that kind of wrong really. <laughs> like you, you yeah. you, you need for, for the for the heat to work, you kind of need those lads to to actually rise up. Really? And like, mm-hmm. you know, make that true rather than just, oh, actually they're still not players, you know, on the roster, even when they're away from Jericho, they're still not gonna be featured acts. But I guess we'll see. But yeah, you can you can tell that story, can't you? And they could they could all go mm-hmm. on to amazing things and then these are the the Jericho Association Appreciation Society lads so uh, you know, loyal to Jericho and willing to be his, you know, his top yeah. soldiers rather than their own men. The the, the stuff he can do, These are
0: what This is what the young wrestlers should be like, though, instead mm. of being Triple H and Shawn Michaels' marks, where they end up then signing huge WWE deals to get mm. renamed Butch.
1: So you're better doing it in real life than they're doing
2: it in Enfield, yeah? <laughs> 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 better than doing it in Storyline, sorry, than doing it in Enfield in real life. Yeah, yeah. there is that. <sighs> That's it. They're actually getting to work with them. Rather yeah. than have a photo taken with them and have Triple H pointed them. Like yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. They're actually working with these people who it's like, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of I grew up idolizing. And that's the whole point, is they actually mm-hmm. get to interact with them properly. So um yeah. I like Carl's idea, giving him the winter. I mean, that's the kind of thing you, you, you wanna be going for. And if if that's your aim and mm-hmm. clearly Garcia, think of the people he's been put in. And around and with and in kind of featured storylines, even if they're mini storylines against like a John <coughs> Moxley, where they're interfering and stuff like that. That Jesus might be the connection. Christ. That might be the connection there because I, I do think they're leading to blood, blood and guts. I do
1: think this mm-hmm. violence party stuff that they're, they're doing with uh, with Danielson and uh, and Moxley and Regal. I think it is interesting. You know, there's five men on the. Um, on the Jericho side and there's three on the Kingston and uh, Santana Nortiz side. And it looks like based on the, uh, you know, the fact that he was nowhere to be seen and just had the main event, like it was nothing, you know, Sammy Guevara is uh, is not going to be getting involved in uh, in this story. So maybe, maybe that's where we're going. But yeah, did you have any, any thoughts, JP, on uh, on Moxley and Brian and in in their match with? Uh, great to see the workhorseman on an episode yeah. of Dynamite. I've been long pushing for... Well, I still want to get JD Jake out of that horrid singlet, but, you know, get him away from the wingmen, get, put him in with Anthony Henry, let them be your team. You know, they, not that they have much to do here. They were just uh, opponents of the week for uh, Moxley and uh, and Danielson to, uh, to smash through. But we did get a long, very long regal promo um, on this show. And, you know, I, again that, it, it's not a bit you know we talked about it last week my criticism of the regal was very much based around the fact that people largely overrate him as a wrestler because he was such a great personality and and promo and you know Raw commissioner and whatever other jobs he did the commissioner and all of that stuff it was a great segment i enjoyed it like lo- nice little um emotional callbacks with uh you know the Shivani stuff. Maybe they could have had mm. that conversation backstage rather than doing it on TV. But you know, <laughs> you know, whatever. Emotions got the better of them. I did think it was a nice moment. But yeah, um, I enjoyed it. Um, but apparently, uh, yeah, uh, Regal was uh, going around backstage making uh, apologies to uh, the different members of the roster. Unfortunately, he's a uh, uh, He ate up a little bit uh, here with the stuff.
2: Yeah, it was too long. That was like I oh, probably less like kind of. It's not that it was. It was a good promo. It was a bit. Here's Brian Danielson. He's amazing. He does all these things. I've known him for all these years. He's a great wrestler. It's John Moxley. Like, and, and then that was kind of. it. He was very much getting the short end of the stick. Maybe that that'll play into it, and that's all very deliberate. But given the rambling nature of it, as coming from someone who likes to ramble, it it felt like that was like that wasn't perhaps part of the plan. Yeah. I don't know. There's part of the fun of live television wrestling is stuff like this happens. Mm-hmm. Like if it was all very, you know, if it was pre-produced and they cut it out and stuff like that, then, you know, I think that's, it, it kind of made me laugh, probably not in the way I was like, Oh my God, he really is like kind of just going on here. Isn't he mm-hmm. again, you know, petal, uh, pot calling the kettle black here, <laughs> but like, ultimately to crowd like it? Yeah. yeah. Is it the did he look enthused and happy to be kind of in this role? Yeah. Like, is there potential for where they're gonna go with this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of these things are there. I mean, it seems to be like on the same night that Tully Blanche gets sacked from FTR, is he sort of slotting into that kind of role as the uh like yeah. one of the various Older ex-wrestler slash legends in inverted commas um that they like to have in management roles, but you know they've hit that quota. So off, off you go, Tully. Don't do quotas in AEW.
1: Like that—that that is one like, big criticism <clears throat> we we'll often make of the booking. Tony Khan has one good idea and he does it three times. Like he can't help himself. Mm. Like, I, I do think that is a fair criticism of this episode of Dynamite that you do in this big inner circle split. You know, forming a new faction angle earlier on the show, on the same show where it seems like the pinnacle, if they did still exist, um, are breaking up, or at least Tully's getting kicked out of, out of um, um, whatever his association with is with FTR, on the same show that Matt Hardy is getting kicked out of the Hardy family office. Like, that's, you know, three angles that are maybe a, a little bit too similar for me. You know, just label setty type angles with, uh, with somebody or, or more than one person. Being kicked out. That was odd. The FTR thing, like Simon mentions there, you know, it was full fast and furious, them going on about family. It was like, it was like one of those fast and furious where... Sorry to drop the mic. um
2: Hello.
0: That terrified me.
2: <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's the pinnacle. Horror. Again, look, last time you mentioned the pinnacle, your internet went down. <laughs> so, like, it's the curse <laughs> of the pinnacle. There's another end the point for Benno, uh, two hours twenty-five minutes. Um yes,
1: the um <laughs> but like yeah, you know, the family stuff, like that was like one of those Vin Diesel memes where it was like, oh well, we, we care it's like a weird 70-second segment it was like, well, we care about family. Well, you should care about title balls. Yeah, but we care about family. Yeah, well, you should care about title balls. Well, I'm not gonna manage you anymore. And it was just like, what? Like, yeah. was that something that was supposed to be built to? Was that something that was supposed to go longer than? The 60 seconds they allotted it was that is totally injured or sick or like what? Like, that was so I'm just
0: remembering, like, maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but wasn't there a whole thing with FTR ages ago where one of them was like, I don't have a family, this is all I've got, so I'm chasing titles and wrestling?
2: Mm. Maybe that might be be FTR hair, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: that makes it even weirder than that. He's Breaking up with his manager because he cares about family because we previously heard that he actually doesn't have them. good
1: points and also totally only cares about title belts like they're the triple h tag triple h tag team champions i mean show some respect jp eh? like you know yeah like, exactly
2: really most prestigious title belts in the game there's those gcw ones they'll go for there's those there's those shiny ring of honor ones yeah but has uh, got an ftr story haven't you
0: i do you
1: Oh. Goes to America last week, did we? You yes. mentioned that world month gone.
0: Okay, this is my FTR story, <laughs> and this might be why they're not the next tag team champions. So I was in Starbucks in Orlando, and it was a very slow, very busy Starbucks. And I noticed that FTR hair was waiting for his drink, and I was waiting to order mine, and this was taking forever, and then. Outside the Starbucks, pulls up a nice car, and out walks out of the car walks Bobby Fish, in an incredible tracksuit. He's got his sunglasses on. He's holding his car keys. He strolls into Starbucks, walks over to the collection point, picks up his mobile order. FDR hair is like Bobby. He just raises a hand. To him picks out his drink. Picks up his drink. Walks out like a total alpha. Leaving FTR her there, who waited for at least 20 minutes to get his coffee.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, if anything, we've learned about the, the value of the mobile order, isn't it, Which he cost over here. How long, what did he order out of curiosity?
0: I don't know what he ordered. Um, FTR her, no, I have no idea what he ordered. I
2: just no cakes.
0: I just felt like Bobby Fish. Just I've never liked him before, but honestly, in this instance, <laughs> he was an absolute man. He was just no cues for Bobby Fish. Just pick up your drink, get back in your car, leave. It was wonderful. Uh-huh. Also, like this FTR hair, I previously saw in a Starbucks in Minnesota,
1: and Watch- I've seen him in a Costa in Preston. Yeah, in but I saw him
0: <laughs> on his laptop watching Law, um, in a Starbucks in Minnesota.
2: I mean, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Enjoys his sleep at all? all? What else? say? <laughs> <laughs> like it's like head on the fucking MacBook. Like, raw uh, in the Bobby background.
0: Bobby. I like Bobby Fish now. I want him to order my coffee.
2: <laughs> well, Simon here calls it baller fish, which is
0: very, <laughs> oh, he, very he, true. He was a baller, absolute uh, baller.
2: i Have a chat with I, him uh, about his political opinions.
0: See
2: what you think. Liam Liam raises the point that we've raised about rampage as well, which is that some of these angles why aren't they on rampage we said like yeah. actually is one of the things about rampage and the structure of it is they they're not doing many angles mm. like it's it, it it? it's match match backstage pro uh, pre tape promo match mm-hmm. pre tape promo um then you're getting mark henry main event possibly mm-hmm. two sort of squash matches in the middle but yeah that's like that's the problem is it then becomes kind of like non-essential viewing Mm. At that stage. So, like, yeah, so that's a really good shout. Yeah, yeah. But,
1: yeah, you know, that angle was fucking weird. And then, yeah, you mm. know, I mentioned the there, the Hardy Boys stuff. Like, I mean, that was funny. Talking of memes, like, oh. Matt Hardy's getting the shit kicked out of him and Jack comes out dancing. <laughs> like, <Mate>. two. <laughs> like, we've got to talk about this. Like, Jeff oh, Hardy oh, 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 oh. coming out to the classic Hardy Boys theme, which is such. A Tony Khan AEW move, like you know that conversation happened in TNA. You know they were like, Jeff, you know that that music's actually royalty free. No, no, no. Use peroxy Y Gen or use one of my new songs. No. no, no, you're not using that. The fact that AEW like like I'll give a lot of grief um to the AEW uh, music and uh, DJ Watts' face and as uh, some of the the shite original themes they've got in uh, in AEW. But like when when they pull ones out the bag, like they did with Red Dragon, and you may probably fish, mm-hmm. and um, you know when they when they pull out you know it's the the real themes, and then they pull out this, like what a fucking ingenious move to do, and yeah, you know I saw a lot of people on the internet JP who were shocked that this music was royalty-free. And I say to those people, you were not watching television actually <laughs> yes. at midnight yes. on a Friday night in the late yes. 1990s <laughs> because that song, as well as, what, Hardcore Holly Steve, that was one you were there last lot back yeah. there were uh, <laughs> People of a certain generation, JP, we knew this music was royalty-free.
2: We did. And we also were, were listening to it while praying the the, the 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 encryption wouldn't happen after 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 10 minutes like
1: <laughs> and the one time it did make one a night what a night. couple of yeah.
2: glorious times oh yeah yeah <laughs> the, I'm still smiling thinking about it
0: uh, Do
1: you reckon uh, television X did the, the, the five minute preview the better 1849 or a
2: 12 to 17 probably the best 12 to 17. I'd say the 12 to 17 demographic for, for that <laughs> and babe station probably strong. The, the the constant. It's not just the Monday Night War, isn't it? <laughs> Liam says here
1: you know, they to, maybe AW had to pay uh, a Mr B Dover uh, royalties to use the song.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Andy says here, uh, yeah, The Homes Under the Hammer had that theme as well. I do remember that. Yeah, he's always around.
2: Yes, doesn't Dion Dublin host that now? Because I wouldn't mind seeing Dion Dublin doing a Jeff Hardy style dance like before <laughs> he was like going to view these. I'm pretty sure it's Holmes under the hammer. He does. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was always the thing. Is well. I think. Ricky Lake was one where all of the, all of the
1: WCW themes are always used on that, like Dean Malenko's and Ray Mysterio. So was the, they bring out like some some woman who's like husband's than her, and she's coming out to that moody Dean Malenko WCW
2: music. <laughs> 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 oh, I love stuff duh, like that. Duh, duh, duh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I mean, I have to say, like, I mean, it's one of the things about me seeing Jeff Hardy as me myself might excited to see this no like I feel like I've seen every incarnation of it however should you be bringing him in absolutely is this absolutely. probably going to end up popping ratings yeah are they going to get some some good you know matches and other stuff like that? it's the only way I want to see kind of Matt Hardy to be honest with you mm-hmm. um you can totally. get some value in a one-year run of them just doing loads and loads of tag teams it gives a bit of juice probably to like if they're You know, if they're in there with Proud and Powerful, for example, and it's like a number one contenders match, that could be a lot of fun. Mm. I mean, and Jeff Hardy always has like that large proportion of fans, of which my Mm. brother was like a big Jeff Hardy fan, which always seemed like kind of... I I kind of looked at him as like, I get why he's popular. He's just never been like a particular favourite of mine. People you speak to who don't like wrestling
1: anymore, who are like, oh, do you watch wrestling, do you? Oh, I used to love that. I used to love... And it's always especially people of a certain age Ray Mysterio, it's Jeff Hardy yeah. um and they will make that money back on Jeff Hardy like whenever they pay them those t-shirt sales and Matt Hardy's wage throw it into I know Gareth wasn't a full believer in that but honestly like the I don't know is he still big in the got teenage girl market stuff as a as a former one yourself <laughs> you said you had the Jeff Hardy take
0: well no I ha- you know my take about how they should have done it and I wanted to put that on the record go on what was that I just think, and for anyone that thinks I never criticise AEW, here's the moment, because I I thought it was done really badly. Like, I would not have written it like this at all. I think that, obviously, the Hardy family office has been terrible. And, you know, Andrade being put in it is totally bizarre. But then they do this whole thing where Matt Hardy looks silly by asking the fellow members of Mm -hmm. his stable if he should be voted out Mm. where he doesn't actually have who he thinks private party on his side. Mm. So like we were talking about the pinnacle angle earlier, like this is totally different. Like he looked like an idiot because in the inner circle one, Jericho did actually have the inner circle on his side. He just couldn't have foreseen MJF and the pinnacle. But Matt Hardy here did not have private party on his side. And then, so he does this, this vote out thing when, Really, what I would have done is considering he's Matt Hardy, a famous wrestling sibling, and he's been having troubles with his faction, I would have had him cut a really good promo where he says, I've been, I came to AEW by myself. I tried to form a family, it didn't work. What I actually need is my real family here with me. And then that leads to Jeff.
1: Can you do a little dance still?
0: So yes, I'm so sorry. that Matt Hardy has made the decision himself to leave the Hardy family office because yeah. it's even more weird that his brother happened to be backstage ready to run out on like that <laughs> night. Like he, you know, he would have known Jeff was there, so he should have done there should have been something where he, where Matt Hardy himself made the decision like had the agency to throw away his faction of fake family. And bring in his real family and have that reunion moment. I just thought it was done like real. It was just strange, and the yeah. whole bringing Jeff out last. I know you want the down with Darby Allen, but I think that could have happened maybe next week when we have some kind of brawl between the Hardy family office and the Hardy boys. Yeah, you know it. We didn't. We didn't need that. I think Jeff coming in is like a a, a real celebration, and I just, I just think that he was I celebrating. Always, yeah. I always thought like the Hardy family office name, I always thought was silly, but I guess it's a reference to Hardy family, Hardy boys, Hardy brothers. Right and there, for man. that not to be worked in to his brother coming in it was an open... is bizarre.
1: Yeah, it was an open I goal. Thought... And like, I, I think as well, like to that point, like obviously, if it makes Sting and Darby Allen look a bit stupid that they're coming out to help this Matt Hardy bloke who's getting kicked out of his own faction. Like, surely if it had gone the reverse and he'd stood up for himself and, you know, more of a baby face separating himself from the bad things yeah. he's done in the past, then they look a bit better coming out to help him. And then Jeff gets still gets his good moment. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah I'm with well, you on that, sister. If we, while we're getting deep into the weeds on this, and I wasn't expecting it, the fundamental issue with the vote as well is that him and Private Party has up to three, but Andrade, Jose, who appears to have a vote as well, and the butcher and the blade has up to four, so that's True. not a vote you're gonna win, so mm-hmm. why would you have it in the first place? And, games, you know, let alone the issue with here comes my brother, just give him a couple of minutes. he's excited, <laughs> so he's he 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 has to <laughs> dance <laughs> sideways down the ramp as well, which is you know imagine if that you're getting beaten up, right? you're on the floor, you're lying there, there's lads kicking in. Your brother bursts in, but he decides, <laughs> like, beforehand, I'm going to just do, like, a moonwalk, like and then just <laughs> carry on running in between as well. you would be livid. Like, hugging him after, you go, All right, I'm grateful. Next time, though, like, you cut the fucking dancing out. There's no need for it, is it? Yeah. Um,
0: but it, it should have been so obvious to everyone that Jeff Hardy was 100% going to do his dance, because I don't think you could tell him otherwise, yeah. and I think it's on instinct. That's another reason why do not do a beatdown angle, or yeah. at least have him come out first and bust a move, rather than like, just
1: hanging around backstage. He's still the yeah. third
0: person. Like, was he doing his warm up stretches while Sting <laughs> and Darby were running past, being like, "Hey guys, I need to bust a move here before I go out. You guys run on, let me get ready." Oh. Is
2: he gonna? Is he gonna do some like? It's interesting him and Sting together as well. By the way, I don't yeah, know, yeah, like get a re- Rematch of that pay per view. I want to say it was Victory Road. Mm. One of those. I don't know why I remember that. Um, but uh it's I mean, overall, getting him in is good. And I agree. Like, I mean, the angle for what it was, because there were so many angles on this show, mm. like, it was the moment of him coming out, and I suppose it gets the reaction that's there. Mm. Ultimately, like, I mean, I think it's it's obviously leading, he's gonna have the big multi man match it's all very weird still. You just kind of going to go, look, why don't you just cut to the chase and get to the young bucks match? Cause that's the first thing you want to do. You want to do the, their match on pay-per-view because there's a whole audience who didn't see the, the ring of honor feud and things like that as well, where, you know, they never would have seen it, even though they have obviously worked each other a good few times. That's the kind of match and show that, that you want to see them do, but instead it does feel like we're going to get a whole series of matches around the bloody Hardy family office. Uh, sorry, the hard yeah, the Hardys versus the Andrade family office. Which is, I don't know. Not even his family. That bloke Jose, who is he? Is he? I'm assuming he's a wrestler.
1: There's yeah, A lot is, of yeah.
2: involvement on a weekly basis. That bloke. Just Chavo's replacement,
1: wasn't he? And uh, you know, stuck around. Um, but no, like obviously the big angle there. Like you say, it's Jeff and Darby. And they're obviously teasing it. I want to see more of them being, you know, Darby's, you know, both angles on Dynamite and on Rampage kind of acted like a you know a shocked child whose hero is right in front of him. Yeah, I want to see them presented as equals. I want to build that that's great. I mean, it's the you know, the goth kids of the ninety the, the hot topic kids. I should stop using goth before she tells me off the I, hot topic kids of the late nineties versus the hot topic kids of uh of twenty twenty-two. There's money to be made with that. Thing. I
0: think the story should be that Darby is a pure goth, yeah, and he like harbors deep hatred for Jeff Hardy for being a Hot Topic style person, and that's <laughs> for few. Like Darby's, like, <laughs> it was never meant to be mainstream, Jeff. It was never meant to be the walls, you know. And Jeff's yeah. like, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. They were selling fishnets. And Darby's like, no, this is meant to be underground. And that would be a great feud, I but
2: well, That, that, that 18 to 34 goth demographic, as well, Steph, you want to always be aiming for them, isn't it? Like, you know, lots yeah, of disposable sure. income, particularly I on
0: when people um, offend me and ask me, like, my, like, opinions on my chemical romance or something, and I'm like, well, I was literally bullying their fan base. That's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to turn out that, like, that Darby Allen's just a complete, like, pretentious goth dickhead like me and actually doesn't like Jeff Hardy at all.
2: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> more, more about because- the cure. <laughs> Oh, there
1: you go. Money to be made with uh with that yep. Hopefully uh, Tony Khan's listening. But uh he skills most deal but nowadays, to be not. fair. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah I was I was gonna say I suppose um other than that, the other so big story points um, from Dynamite GP, um Scorpio breeze past it, you know, the big headline. Mm. Scorpio Styles, a uh, TNT champion, and you know, I wanna say it came out of nowhere, but you know, Corrected a little bit by people kind of pointing out that they have protected Scorpio Sky over the last mm-hmm. year, you know, he does constantly winners' matches. But I mean, it still kind of came out of nowhere, <laughs> didn't it? Like, poor Sammy. Yeah. Um, this is this is you know, it is a uh, two TNT title runs have kind of been a uh, poison chalices, I think. And yeah, it's got I don't know, it's a Scorpio Sky, yes. or ob- I mean, for whatever reason, Tony's clearly a fan, and like, like I say, that's shown in the booking, and how you know, he's been... These moments happen, you know, in being put over over Jericho. Yes, that did happen, you know, all all, all way back when. Or, you know, him winning this belt here. Like, it does feel like every now and then Tony Khan goes in that toy box and remembers Scorpio Sky as his favourite toy and just out of nowhere gives him these big wins. Because I don't think... if If you're a better man, you would not be betting on Scorpio Sky in this match. And here we are. I mean, maybe he's the... You know, it's set up for Wardlow to smash through and and win the belt in in a, in a few minutes. Although I'm not sure on the the optics of uh of doing that in the face of uh you know uh, some criticism of uh Brock Lesnar's uh booking in uh in WWE. Mm. But I don't know which other way this is going. It just seems odd, but also not odd if you you know suppose you look at what's happened with Scorpio Sky seemingly at random,
2: you know, in his in his AEW career. I mean, I don't get it. Well, It it follows the pattern of the TNT title for like a lot of the time where it just it is quite bizarre at times and changes Mm. hands a lot and you just don't expect it and you think, well, where has this come from? Yeah. I'm probably higher on Scorpio Sky winning because yeah, yeah, you are the high man. Yeah. I am the high man on on this. And he's someone who like If you did this, and I don't trust them to do it, and I don't think they will, but if you gave him a bit of a run, I'd be kind of interested to see what he does with it. I think what's happening next week is either Sean Spears or MJF is costing Wardlow the match. Yes, right. I think that's what we're what we're kind of getting. Like, there'll be some confirmation, oh, here. you can keep, you know, if you win it, you can keep the title shot, and then they'll cost him it just out of spite. So, like, I think that's what they're going to do rather than than take it off him. What was weird is it wasn't like on the back of some great match. Like this match felt like an elongated angle, really, with Sammy Guevara getting hurt and then kind of like fighting through. But it all dragged for quite a while to get to that point, which isn't, which I like Scorpio Sky as a Mm -hmm. wrestler. I mean, and you know, forget actually some of the, like, he was one of the first tag champs as well, wasn't he? Like when they, like, when they, um, they gave it to, um, what's the name? Uh, SCU. Daniels, he, was, yeah. he was in that incarnation with Frankie Kazarian, wasn't he? He was like the replacement for 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 Christopher Daniels. And they were like kind of always building to this. And Tony's often said, you know, Tony Khan's always, often said that he has, you know, he's always had the champions in mind for this. And it's clearly something that he's always wanted to go for. Whether it adds anything kind of substantial to that kind of whole Dan Lambert faction with, which is so weird in and of itself. You know, mm. it it looks like, obviously, they're going for, you know, there there was a lot happening, I thought, in this. Take, like, the acknowledgement of Tay Conti as Sammy Guevara's yeah. girlfriend as well. Just, you know, yeah, that, that into absolutely. there. The Paige Van Sant yeah. stuff, which I like the idea of her signing a contract in there. And, again, I think you know, whatever to be said about her MMA, she's someone who does carry herself as a star and I could see herself throwing into it. And if she's got an aptitude for wrestling, I think that's interesting. I think there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff there you can do. I mean, this is someone who appeared on like dancing with the stars and stuff like that. So like, there is a lot, I mean, it's funny seeing Austin Vanderford because last time I saw him, he got like pretty heavily beaten by Gagard Missassi in, in, in Dublin as well for like the bellator middleweight title. So I, I mean, overall, I don't mind Scorpio Sky winning. It's just that this wasn't the the way to showcase it in terms of Sammy Guevara. I hope they're looking for him. The direction I'd like to see for him is some upper mid card feuds in there with some like other kind of like heavyweights what direction that is? Not like an easy thing to go with like say a Chris Jericho, which they hmm. may end up doing because of this new faction and, and other stuff like that. It may end up with him and Daniel Garcia, but not something that shows him as like the younger guy. You want to see him in there against those kind of more experienced names. And whatever will be said about the title run, we'll always have that great ladder match and the fucking nutso bumps that he took in there as well. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And like I say,
1: I think that's to what Steph was saying before, what she said to me privately, like it is odd. Odd that they're telling this story with you know the inner circle, and then you know they should all be better off without Jericho. But you know now Sammy's lost his belt, you know LAX losing the uh, the two tag battle royals you know back to back. Bit odd, bit left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. But you know, yeah, I guess we'll we'll see what they what they do next with with uh, with Sammy. But yeah, definitely shocked me that. But yeah, any other any other thoughts on the uh, the other happenings from Dynamite, JP? Anything uh, stand out as a, uh, to you? about?
2: I'm trying to think from dynamite, not necessarily. I was I mention something or rampage. rampage. Yeah, the to rampage too. It was the Swerve Strickland debut, mm. and again, my only issue, and it's funny, you, I like because if I'm right with Raw, they're generally a lot of matches. They're just also nondescript, meaningless, and over in like three minutes that you don't really notice they're that happening. That's the impression I get from somebody who reads the results. Well, here you had the kind of opposite effect where it honestly felt like. It wasn't even 50-50 at points. It felt like Tony Neese had the majority of this match for like his debut. And I I like Shane Strickland and there's the potential there. The crowd kind of know the the tagline. I think the way he carries himself across in promos as well, you can see that that's where that WWE experience really comes into play. Um, I just didn't think he felt particularly special in the ring. Interesting. That's, which sounds like kind of a bit, a bit harsh, but I think that's that's kind of I wanted to see him almost be that bit more dominant someone who feels like okay this guy's coming in like he isn't someone as well known as a lot of the recent kind of incomings but he's on a, like a really high level hmm. Tony Neese nice doesn't really necessarily mean anything and, and what you're ultimately getting is kind of like a what like a 15 minute main event and yeah, I I don't know. For me, it's, it sounds funny to complain about it. It's not like it's a bad wrestling match or anything else like that. It just felt like on like a pre-taped rampage. This should have been something like it just it just should have felt that bit more special. Although I like his like act and how he comes out. I think all of that stuff's good. I think the catch yeah. the tagline, the catch um, the catchphrase he uses with the crowd. They've gotten into it immediately, and that works. I'm really into him, and I, you know, as we've talked about this with with AEW, you
1: know, obviously there's the arguments about you know, oh, they're bringing in too many people, you know, what, all of that, but more, I think more in more depth of that argument, you know, there are positives. Obviously, as we talked about with the Nitro punt, you know, how cool was it when it felt like people were debuting on Nitro three times a show, and it was the place to be in wrestling. AEW feels a bit like that. You know, right now, we, you know, I expect you know, over these last few months, it feels like that everyone wants to be there. Everyone wants to be part of it. It's, it is a positive in that way. And I'm not this person who thinks that, you know, everyone who watches wrestling is too thick to handle the fact that there's multiple storylines or debuts happening at once. But I did kind of watch this as a Shane Strickland fan and as someone who I think I was probably higher on the presentation of him here or higher on the match, I suppose, at least. But I did kind of watch it going, I've got the brain space for another, you know, another new character to be introduced to this world. I mean, there's a reason, you know, if Game of Thrones is bringing in new characters, you know, you're not getting, you know, it's 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 J. White, you know, Keith Lee, Shane Strickland, these threads. That, if J. White's coming back to that point, all of these different threads of different people who you've now got to now follow. It it is kind of like I was watching it going ah is is an, another one is another one who's got to kind of swim in like a really you know busy swimming pool <laughs> and he's got to keep his head above water and get some focus you know like you know some people have struggled to like a you know as much as I'm not bothered about it because I can't stand them but you know a Jay Lethal has clearly struggled you know to get TV time since he came in Keith Lee is. And used at a level um, obviously the majority is still out on him it's still overwhelmingly positive i think with keith Lee. but that's a that's another new character mm-hmm. who's coming in who's got a, who's going to need you know tv time and segments and establishing matches to you know to get to get his his ball kind of role and it just felt like one too many for a wrestler i really like in shane strickland if it happened this time next year or if it happened a few months you know siloed away from so many other debuts, you know, happening at the same time. I almost feel like I'll give more mental space to it and AEW could give more booking space to it. And yeah, you know, it, it's not, obviously it's not the end of the world and it is, there are clearly positives to it, feeling like this hot place everyone wants to be. And, you know, I, I've got every faith, Shane Strickland will come good, but it just did feel like, oh, another one. Okay, is another establishing main event. Um, is is another guy that we're going to have to spend some time getting to know within the AEW ecosystem.
2: Well, exactly. And I, I'm just looking now at something where you just go through the people they've signed in 2022. It's going to go mm. through. These are the people we've added on. Jake Atlas. Mm. Remember? Fucking hell, he's yeah. signed in. Yeah. You've got, got a graphic. Bro- yeah. Brody King. Shit, De- yeah. Dan <laughs> Housen. Keith yeah. Lees, you already mentioned. AQA. Nick Wayne. Oh, yeah. Obviously, I mean, he's not going to be. Buddy Matthews. Mm. Obviously, we've, we've, we've had come into the mix. Um. We've got, uh, yeah, Swerve Strickland as well. And then we've got William Regal and Jeff Hardy and some of these. And Paige Van Sant. Jesus Christ. Like, and that's only, you know, we're talking the first really sort of two and a half months of the year.
1: And, it, and I the suppose like Cesaro.
2: it was to happen. I'm trying to think of
1: like TV show equivalent. I suppose, you know, Game of Thrones starts a new season. You might go get a new, new place. Yeah, three or four, you know, a new new place for three or four new threads. I mean, that, 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 so there is, you know, maybe that. The veil. Yeah. Oh, God, that went well. The one with
2: that Yeah, the breastfeeding, the one woman who breastfeeded. Thought about that pretty quickly. Teenage kid. And
1: that
2: was the Tony Tony Niece of AW or the J.
1: Lethal of uh, AW debut. Um, It
2: is, isn't it? Yeah.
1: But, uh, I mean, at the same time, no one, some, you know, it was kind of said in the, the chat before, again, to give balance, the positive is I'll mm. roar after WrestleMania. The dynamite feel this week, you know, Rampage to a lesser yeah. extent, because Rampage is Rampage at this point, and it kind of is what it is. It was Mikey who said it, you know, it did feel like a reset dynamite after a pay per view, <clears throat> you know, what WWE used to do after WrestleMania. It does feel kind of like that period. If that is what we're going through, and it's not just going to constantly be this, I suppose there's, a, you know, that positive. It did feel, you know, for its faults. Dynamite was fucking exciting, wasn't it? You know, some yeah. uh, of the timing issues and some of the, the rush job they had to do on some of it. Like I tell you what, you weren't bored. There was a, a million things, you know, to, to, to kind of wrap
2: your brain around, you know, for, for better or worse. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think ultimately if you if you want to know the strength of it, look at the stuff they set up for next week. Mm-hmm. So you've got like Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa in that cage match in her hometown, oh, God, yeah. in San Antonio. So that looks like it's going to be there. And we, we saw the build to that. You've got the Wardlow TNT match um, yeah. there as well. There's something else going on next week. say there's another title match even. which they, They're doing the thing now where they're actually like kind of, and this is the thing about having a roster this size. They can have these kind of matches on TV and it still doesn't feel like they're kind of over... Egging particular combinations. I mean, you could argue this with Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, but this is the conclusion of it. Yeah. I think this is Thunder Rosa winning in a steel cage, which is the way of predicting protecting Britt Baker, and you can have all manner of kind of Mercedes Martinez stopping Jamie Hater and Rebel from getting involved. It kind of shit writes itself, really. Mm-hmm. But they are like it did have that roar after WrestleMania feel, yeah, and so it should do because if you're only doing four pay-per-views a year and you're looking to to kind of do your storylines you want the reward for the person who buys the pay-per-view is ultimately that you feel like you're seeing a definitive end to storylines and the beginning of new exciting storylines but ultimately there's that kind of there is that element of finality um yeah. that's there so it should be like this I mean, you could argue a lot of it's drastic. And as we said earlier on, you could put some of it onto Rampage. But, I mean, overall, it's exciting, which three-hour rule, I don't know how you stayed awake. That's, again, <laughs> come back to it. The yes, miracle you didn't fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, Steph said that she didn't. <laughs> but i might honest. Well,
1: wise. Four. Yeah, they, they, um, you know, Rampage... I, I, I'm I'm not gonna complain about Rampage anymore. I haven't sat through a raw. You know, even next week's Rampage that's on it like with the clock change, I think it's like half three in the morning it would be off four mm. if uh, the Americans clocks hadn't changed. So small mercies, but you know, I'm not gonna complain about Rampage anymore. You know, I I, I think we've got to recognise at this point Rampage is what it is. We watch it every week because we're podcasters we cover AW. I think we've got to remember that. That like you know, you don't actually have to watch it. And maybe that's a yeah. positive. Maybe, you know, to counter, you know, what Liam said earlier, but maybe more stuff should happen on Rampage. Maybe it shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't have to. Maybe that 10 o'clock on Friday night, after people watch it, it's a nice little bonus AWR if you want it. And if you don't bother, you don't miss much. Maybe that is the happy music. I know there's sycophants like us that feel like, we have to watch it for either professional purposes or, mm. you know, just because, you know, we're wrestling fans who try to watch as as much content as we can. Maybe we all have got to kind of draw a line under that conversation when it's drawing the 500,000s and it is what it is. And it is, you know, like you say, not a major angle show anymore. Yeah, yeah maybe that's just, that's Rampage
2: at this point. It's, and not important. It's, like
0: it's not important, but it's not offensive.
2: Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like, but, uh, and go and on, it's so. cost-effective. Just because they're taping it there the same night, so it's cost-effective as well as a piece of TV.
1: Yeah, yeah, there you go. But, yeah, again, exciting times in AEW right yeah. now. Yeah, nice way to uh, to build us into uh, into next week's Dynamite. But, uh, yeah, any other thoughts on uh, AEW before we take a, a quick tour around the, uh, the other stuff we've uh, been watching, JP?
2: Can't think of any other stuff at the minute. I think we've, we've gone through yeah. most of it, haven't we? Yeah,
1: that's that's the major stuff. But yeah, I suppose uh, we've all we've both uh, been watching uh, a few different things, haven't we? Uh, as far mm. as uh, other content, you know, I've said all I need to say about Raw. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> well, what else have you watched this week, mate? Like, that you wanted to, uh, I- to chat about.
2: I mean, and I won't spend kind of like forever on these because I'm not Gareth and I can't do the breakdown of match by match analysis. That's that's my failing on there. But I did well, catch up
1: on two and a half hours even without Gareth. So well, exactly. that's it, isn't it? Yeah, that's
2: <laughs> the, we we can't we can never lose that. Um, but I had a watch of a few matches from the New Japan Cup, like just individual matches um, that was on there. I mean, of of which one of them, the, the most recent one, the ones I saw was Hiromu versus Minoru Suzuki. Hmm. Yeah, Hiromu, there's someone who'd be exciting in the uh, in the heavyweight mix. Add a bit of juice. That's my big kind of takeaway from that. Effectively, this match is a chop ba- battle. It's like a chop marathon. Yeah, there's Daryl. Well, I kind of come away from this, like where this match felt like it was very much the Hiromu living with an established senior, like shit kicker of a heavyweight. And he did. I mean, ultimately, he ends up getting it with a, with a, um, effectively a kind of like roll up win. Um, but it's not proper like banana, banana peel stuff. I mean, he's getting like, they're slapping the shit out of each other. He cut, um, Suzuki's chest and it went very, very quickly for a match that was kind of like near 20 minutes. Which, if you consider Minoru Suzuki's limitations around his age as well, I mean, he's not being asked to like run the ropes and stuff, but it was, it was really good and it was really, it was really interesting. Like just seeing Hiromu in this position and I... a Suzuki he, step out of his formula that he's going to be doing 16 times over WrestleMania weekend? Well, this was just like a chop battle right. for it. And I think the the aim of it, like I say, was just getting Hiromu as, as someone who can live with that, hmm. live with that pain uh, in there as well. And I think like, I mean, as a watch, like it's, it's always kind of, it, it's kind of fun. It's very easy. I went um 3.75 on on the app. And I'm not saying it's like a kind of a great match necessarily. Um, but it was really fun. I mean, if you want to go for somebody to win the new Japan Cup, who I think should win it, who I think is possibly the most interesting, I'm gonna say Hiromu. He's mm-hmm. not junior, he's not junior champion, he's completely wasting that junior di- division. I'm gonna come on to Desperado as well, who I also think is kind of at the point where he shouldn't be in there. Cause I think both of them, and they've got great chemistry together as well, They both of them would be like a wealth breath of fresh air. If you're promoting from within as people to enter into that kind of main event mix. But yeah, I thought that was really good. I watched, um, uh, ELP versus Will Ospreay, mm. which is good. Um, one of the things he was liked about a new Japan cup is it could throw up an interesting dynamic and this was heel versus heel, uh, effectively. So it, it, you know, you do get your um, interest, more interesting dynamics, and because it's a tournament. It's always acceptable for that. Um, it was not as flashy as you would have thought it, it is. I mean, Osprey's so big now at this point that he is deliberately working much more of a kind of grounded style. It was very good for what it is. It wasn't necessarily exciting. It wasn't like the result was was in there as well. I mean, a lot of it is based around a storyline that since post Wrestle Kingdom. ELP's not been able to use the super kick because he hasn't got the metal in his boots. He doesn't have the confidence in knocking people out. Um, so that kind of played into it as well. However, as you'd expect, they mesh well together. Like you know, from from people who obviously toured up and down the land. I mean, I'm I can't think of a time I would have seen these two wrestle against each other, but I'm sure it's happened. And it must have happened somewhere in the UK at some point. I watched ELP. Yeah, it was a bit of yeah. Bad bro staple wasn't it but Ex- yeah exa- and again I went 3.75 on this and you know I thought it was a it, it was a good match I mean ELP was involved I did see some of that bullet club angle that was on the same show as I think Hiromu versus Suzuki them <clears throat> all turning on Gorillas of Destiny and Jado which it felt like here was this big big angle no one gave a shit oh, no one gave a shit mm-hmm. crowd and this is part of the problem with watching YouTube is you were still in clap crowd era. I mean, in Asia there's issues around COVID. I God, mean, God, they're locking down major cities in China, still partly because they haven't vaccinated the over the the elderly. But anyway, different conversation for a different time. So these clap crowds though, if you're used to watching things like, I don't know, the bloody revolution pay-per-view, it's really jarring mm-hmm. getting back into it. Um and what is noticeable is, is if they're not reacting to stuff, they're really not reacting to stuff. So like, I was never going to watch Tamatonga versus evil, but I caught the end. I saw the bullet club angle. It was exactly what you'd expect it to be. Farley looks even worse than ever. Hmm. Like uh, anything else, he looks completely immobile. And at some point I will get around to watching lions raw quite when that will be. I don't know. Um, And then I did watch, and Gareth mentioned it last week, El Desperado versus Okada. Do you know what? It's fucking great. 4.25. Like a really, really good, solid match. Um, I say good, solid match. Really good. Just mesh well together. Desperado also should be a heavyweight. He's got a heavyweight kind of build. He's someone who feels like he fits into it. He's a very, I mean, say underrated wrestler. I think a lot more people are a lot more appreciative of him. But as Mm. Charlton said on commentary, he wasn't meant to be falling into this kind of role as junior champion. He was there kind of because Hiromi got injured and he's been great, like predictably. Um, And now um, it's, you know, in terms of him and Okada, they again meshed really well. There was a great moment where Okada went for the drop kick and Desperada caught him in a dragon screw and then went into the numero dos, which is the like he it's it's basically puts his knee over the back of his neck and uses it as a submission on that, He's working over a Carter's knee throughout the match. Just thought it's just like a great moment. And then I'm sure Gareth mentioned it as well. So yeah. those are the ones that I've seen. I've not seen the, Ching- the Chingo versus Ishii match, because frankly, I feel like I've already seen that match a lot of yeah. times. And I know it's a four. 4.4 4 on the app, but it's like, yeah, but the problem is I've already seen it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I was going to say where the real Bullet Club stuff is happening, mate. i uh-huh. hope you've watched some of this. I've been watching some impact. We've, we've been watching some impact wrestling. Um, where the real, um, where the re- <laughs> the real consequences to this Bullet Club uh, story are, uh, are taking place. Did you manage? Because speaking of matches, Gareth um, raved about from last week. Have you seen mm-hmm. that uh, Alex Shelley Jay White match yet? I haven't, but I know it's on New Japan World. Is it? Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Well, yeah, that would have made it easier to watch, to be honest. Um, you know, had to pull a, a favor in with our all fans at, at watch wrestling to get this one up. Um, <laughs> but no, like to echo, like you know,
2: uh, Gareth. Did you ask that. the permission of their families then in that case before you watch this match?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm going to send all profits of uh of this podcast and on the on the Patreon to them. Yeah, uh, fucking it's not. Not cool. oh. well, my say so. <laughs> no, I I'd honestly go four on it, um, three point seven five to four, but it was it was in that range. Like I think four is probably a, a fair rating on it. It was just it was a really really nice match. Like it was, Shelley is so good, like just so crisp and clean and every everything that he does. It was a different match for Jay White in that you know it was more like you know student teacher kind of thing, and Jay White almost using the match to try and show off that you know that the rest that he's become was kind of the story that, that that he did there. But it was just so so silky smooth the match itself. Like just every little counter, every little moment in there. Like it was just it was wonderful. Like he did a lot of building around um the uh the, the shell shock in the uh the switch blade uh, is it the switch chase? Blade Runner, yeah, they kept calling it the Blade Runner when uh, when Shelley was going for it. No, Shell Shock. He invented the move. Come on, It wasn't Bray White. Um well, it wasn't Jay White either. But that's where Jay got the move from, you know, and that, that was the story here. But as far as like a you know a veteran, you know, kind of teacher versus, you know, his his pupil who's now become something altogether different. Really, really good match. Not fitting of the pay per view it was on, uh, with some of the other stuff on that show. But you know, complete you know, water level above everything else on the show. Like i say. you know, probably, maybe, maybe and me, maybe I would end up uh, for throwing in the after deal. We'll end up going three point seven five and being a coward. But you know, that's the uh, that's the limit. You're going five, aren't you, Steph? Um, I'm again. going four point
0: two five. Welcome back okay. to Spotlight hey. from
1: 2020. Here we go, Jay White. Love income and <laughs> <laughs> It is, isn't it?
0: Oh, I like the... excellent absolutely excellent it actually made me sad it was so good mm. and jay he, what a um, waste he's the best wrestler in the world like seriously mm. he is uh, like the best Come let's on, say under 30 so you like remove people like danielson that have been doing it for longer mm. but he's the best like under 30 wrestler that's been doing it for a decade at most mm. um it was just so good, and it just made me sad because I used to enjoy his matches so much. And then, as I keep saying, like the pandemic has not hit a wrestler worse than Jay White because he has been saddled mm. with like, such a tough, a tough gig. Even the fact that he's doing this on fucking Impact, which is the last thing I would have yeah. ever wanted for him, um, to be on such a small stage. But it was a great match. I've, you know, I think that the whole. A W thing with him has been really bad it's not something I would have I don't think he's ever coming back, like that. I think he's done yeah. that was
1: his run, that was his AEW run
0: and 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 that <laughs> run is all because Tony said the wrong thing in a tweet and yeah. that's, that's not how you debut someone as great with as much potential as Jay White and then he goes out and has this bang of a match and it was probably like so it, I mean all his matches have been really good But sometimes the caliber of opponent hasn't been there. And he got in there with his real-life close friend, Alex Shelley, Mm -hmm. uh, who he's obviously learned a thing or two from. And they just had a really great match together. And I was watching it going, Jay is so great. Why isn't he just on a bigger stage doing better things? But, yeah, I'm not a coward. I go 4.25 in this. It's probably the best impact match I've seen in... I don't know, maybe my entire fucking life. The
1: last,
0: <laughs> the last time we watched Impact, Benno, what yeah. was it, Moose and Big Cass? Yeah, yeah. I watched that match and I couldn't believe that was being put on, like, not just put on light. pay-per-view or whatever, the fact giggle. that it was even even committed to video wasn't seeing it was that bad like absolutely appalling i could have a better match with daryl <laughs> um
1: oh, we are it, talking impact not tna by the way because there's you know JP yeah, will fight. We're yeah. t- you know we're, oh, talking well. impact,
0: we're talking impact and impact there's no difference always kind of seems a bit low rent and stuff but when you're putting on a match as great as that you know, it was absolutely brilliant like I I don't want to say build impact around Jay White because I don't want. You that do want to for say Jay. that though. No, but I don't want that for Jay. He deserves better. Yeah. But. You know that's you know he does. He's not um you know he's not a a pound man wrestler. He's mm-hmm. he's fucking Gucci like, mm-hmm. and he should be doing better. But he 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 had a really great match. I hope loads of people go and watch it um mm-hmm. and you know realize how good he is and. Kind of he can watches it and
2: buys money from the Japan contract, and he can come and you know dethrone Hangman or something. The, the, I love the, hangman, but- yeah, the match he had with Eric Young at No Surrender was very good. Now it's an mm-hmm. Eric Young match, I think not know, like three and a half, but I was like pleasantly surprised by just how good and how smooth it was. You're right, I mean, in terms of him, like the pandemic working out really badly because the problem is he's contracted to a Japanese com- company and you know if he wants to stay in, did he want to stay in Japan during that, during the pandemic? No, not really. It feels like a lot of his life is based kind of in the U S as well. There's the limitation on which the companies could have go to while AEW and New Japan were trying to sort out their relationship and stuff. And obviously, as you've spoken about, like and, and that's how I feel about it. I feel like it's going to be this weird thing of you know, when Jay White turned up for like an episode mm-hmm. of dynamite, an episode of rampage was gone. And it was like, Oh yeah, that was crazy. That's yeah. what it kind of feels feels like to me, and there is like I mean, in some ways, if he's working the US, I, I mean, I would be end up saying like New Japan strong mm. is, but that's what he's already doing, oh. and even then, the gimmick they're doing for that is the is the um, US of J tour. So mm. it's like it was Swerve Strickland this week, and it's a match I haven't seen yet, but like I, I kind of like kind of want to see. But the problem is that's what. Jay Wright's last two years has been. Yeah. It's been individual matches against people where you kind of think, yeah, this could be good, but that person isn't a star. We've been presented Jay White as a 1B, 1C type figure within mm. kind of like New Japan itself, and somebody who's immediately going to come in as a credible threat to the to the um world heavyweight title, as I'm saying that through gritted teeth. But <laughs> and we're not seeing that like and and matches with with Alex Shelley as well like i mean it, it it it's there to show that he's he's here and he's around and stuff but yeah instead if he comes back to japan he's going to be drawn into this bullet club bollocks again isn't he yeah
0: but even putting him the the way they put him on rampage and they hyped up his credentials like grand slam champion and everything yeah and I I would
1: Jericho didn't know what that meant (laughs) if
0: I was someone that had never watched New Japan yeah my immediate thought would be like well if he's achieved the highest heights you can in New Japan why is he wrestling Trent like that must be a a much lower you know company and it's just sad it's it's sad. Free J. Hashtag Free J. White.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing when he's got something to sink his teeth into. Like we watched bits of this week's Impact as well. Mm-hmm. I got the most recent one, and you know the the little he did a really good ring ring segment with um with him and the the bowler Club uh, out there. Um, well, whatever they are now, I assume the Bullet Club. Um, and Gallows, Anderson, and um who's, Chris Bay. Chris Bay, that's it. He does not fit, but, you know, he's doing his best <laughs> him to fit in with the other uh, lads. They all look good in the
2: tracksuit. If it means he ends up in the best of the super juniors, good for him. Because it feels like that's the... That'd be good for him, wouldn't it? There. Yeah, it'd be good for him because yeah. he's a talented guy.
1: Yeah. Who's got a better tracksuit, the uh, Impact Bullet Club? Bobby Fish or me in 2004?
0: Oh, my gosh. That's so hard. Bobby Fish's tracksuit was so good. Oh,
2: yeah. That's not hard about it, is it? Um, I'm going
1: back to Liverpool. I expect him
2: um, to be dressed like he's the Royal Tenenbaums or something.
0: Like that? <laughs> well, look, the Probably thing fish. is, Kelly, I'll never forgive you for giving away the tracksuit. Fair enough. Okay, so you lose all the points on that.
1: <laughs> I like the JP's mad about that suit. too.
0: Yeah, I like the Bullet Club tracksuit. Um, I would love to be gifted a tracksuit by a faction. I don't think that it's something you should actually buy. I think it should be some kind of status where you're like, gifted it in some way. Yeah. Um, but no, I like them all. Yeah, I like Jay, the
2: Suzuki Gun one.
0: Yeah, yeah on. that's a good one. The other
1: What's called Noah? You know, all red. Come on.
2: You got oh yeah, it. the Congo oh, ones.
0: Which bit like there's
2: no tracksuits. Yeah. Now up. that's it for the Noah talk. We haven't asked <laughs> permission to speak about them, have no, we?
1: Oh, no, but <laughs> to the angle or no, they like um, they do look great, and like it, it is. Um, it was such a cool segment like having jay and go actually go back and forth and we mentioned it on the weekend show and alan mentioned on our our patreon page about how you know alex shelley you know how influential was he over over the wrestling business you think of you know not just young Bucks, not just jay white okada is an okada without you know alex shelley's uh involvement so it is kind of cool for him to get his roses on tv and even if it's him, you know he's, he's the one saying it, you know, which is unusual for him, um, at least you know as far as publicly, um, according to what Alan said to us. But you know, it's cool that you know he gets to gets to get that credit, and it was just a really good segment. You you'll love it, JP, if you get to see it because they bring out uh Saban as a uh, as Alex Shelley's um kind of back up and the building up to something with the Bullock Club where it's going to be them two against um, Jay White and uh, and Chris Bay, and presumably a match with Gallows and Anderson um at some point down the line as well, which is a little bit less exciting, but. He's yeah. the best
0: promo in wrestling, too.
1: Jay, yeah, yeah, he was very good. He was very good. He's made for US wrestling. How I many times have we said he, he, so
0: he is? He is, and um, like bring him on dynamite because you know, you know, I used to talk on the show about how much my mom was a fan of Jay White
1: hmm. and
0: he's still her favorite wrestler. She asks me about Jay all the time. And one of the things that she said to me recently when we were talking about him, and I was saying, you know, he's doing impact and he's coming on to dynamite um and stuff like that and she very much loves his promos and her big question for me is but will he be allowed to say fuck
1: you <laughs> <laughs> can say shit if he's on dynamite that's oh, what is.
0: i told her yeah. but she likes what he you know, he's called people fuckheads and stuff she very much enjoys that you know um she's a big fan of um men swearing like malcolm tucker so like jay swearing that's all right but no, he won't be able to say fuck, unfortunately. But he can still make it work.
2: I want him to turn into proper Roger Mellion. Well, Moxley said it the one time. In fairness, he can get get away with that as well.
1: <laughs> there you go. But yeah, we're getting some shouts in the chat for uh, Brandon Cutler's uh, tracksuit. You know, was one of the great ones. Oh no. <laughs> no! Come on. <laughs> the undisputed Ten and Bombs. There's a title uh, idea. Jay. That's <laughs> so, I like that. that. And mikey says we should get on to mark pickering about legally getting a hold of those congo uh, trackies yeah i'm yeah, sure the, uh, the money goes where it needs to go. um <laughs> but yeah that that stuff yeah has been uh, quite uh enjoyable um on impact so yeah i'm probably uh I'd say it's good to, it's good to see impact um doing some you know interesting stuff and yeah i think there's uh there's legs in that i think that's uh impacts the the one of these uh tv block shows i think i'm gonna be uh watching more of in uh, in coming weeks, just uh, based on that stuff, even if there isn't a huge amount uh, else over this
2: last week or so, unless you've well, got anything, JP. There's honour no more um, mm-hmm. on that. MLW, mate. Spoke what? about it very briefly on the weekend show. I'll go through this quite briefly for this one. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all about what is possibly the best match in Alexander Hammerstone's career. And it's really down all day. Ri- him and Davey Richards, uh, yeah, three and a half stars. That's <laughs> like, that's where I am. And it's oh, wow. too long. But Davy Richards really works his ass off here. Mm. Like Davy Richards is in really good shape and he's doing exactly what you should be doing. It is like getting a great match out of mm. your champion. The crowd were mainly into him, I have to say mm. rather than Alex Hammerstone and obviously everything is building up, you know, to the Richard holiday stuff, which happens after as soon as he came out in a white suit. Like I think mm. I remember reading the results going, you know, he bleeds everywhere and he does. He's all over the suit and they end up with that kind of mad hot angle. But as a match, I thought this was really, it, this was, this was as good. He was being led through by the older experienced hand. It's why you have him. It's why you have an ACH in the promotion of like these kind of like proper experienced guys. And, you know, on, on the indie scene as it is, someone like a Davey Richards feels, and it's going to sound very odd, say like we're like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Just like someone who feels like a proper professional wrestler mm. on like your kind of indie shows as it should be. Um and they've got their mad open door policy. So, you know, he's gonna come in and, and that's his job to put him off. Um and I think like, you know, so that was the main event. I thought mm. that was that was a lot of fun. There was like a lot of 5150 in there. They attacked the Von Derricks and EJ and EJ and Duca as well they attacked him that fucking twat of a interviewer was around the place there was a middleweight match with alex kane winning against calvin tankman and ach um and Stephen Yu still there those <laughs> fucking military lads are fucked with their ears with the thing <laughs> on there with the the earpods thing he's he's got to wear but it was it was mlw like it was a, i was like okay i want to watch something for an hour like yeah. um tonight while I was like getting sort of dinner and stuff ready and that fit the gap kind of perfectly for what it is. They've got Buddy Matthews on next week as well, which seems I think he's in there against TJP who's he's a bit of a pushed act there. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be in it. oh Enzo completely buried the lead. Enzo was on there against some guy called Casey Navarro, Completely beats the shit out of me. He looks quite reckless at points as well. He just attacks him while his entrance music is there. Then cuts a weird, like minute-long promo mm. where he's talking about how you know, don't trust anyone in wrestling, and you know, you've got heart kid. and then you think he's gonna lift him up and then he just attacks him again. And that's it. <laughs> that 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 was Enzo in MLW, but there were Enzo fans there. There oh, were people who who were reacting, whoever those weird people were like, yeah, who who live in the world of Enzo Amore and big Cass and, and wonder where they are. Do you remember when they, Madison Square Garden is what I got brought back to Joe's rant in particular about Mad- the bit, how it ruined the Tanahashi Zack Sabre junior match mm-hmm. afterwards, because ring of honor decided to bring in, Enzo and Big Cass in a surprise angle to attack the Briscoes on here. Yeah. How'd that go down yeah. last time?
0: That was, I was there um, as well and it was awful and I do remember Joe's Rand and it did like the conversation, the, because the problem with the crowd as well like where I was sitting was they were so more Ring of Honour than New Japan anyway. So then when you bring out a New Japan match after that, everyone's on their phone talking about Enzo and also the night before that I'd gone to Wallymania which Enzo crashed and I'd literally seen him try to like enter the building without a ticket and be all like yeah I'm on the list type thing and like it, <laughs> like people had to go get him and stuff it was really bad but then he he at one point crashed the stage when Tamatonga was on and Tamatonga was just looking at him and laughing and getting his phone out to like film this idiot. And then when that whole shit went down the next night, I just thought, poor Tamatonga, because even last night, he knew this guy was a twat. And now this guy's running his match.
1: Tamatonga thinks
2: you're a twat, you're a twat. I think that's not, uh, <laughs> yeah. <advice on> that. <laughs> yeah. That's the big takeaway on, on that. I mean, MLW is going to MLW. Yeah. Right?
1: They've got
2: Battle Riot coming up and the rest of it. They have their business model. And, and, and weirdly and anything else. And if Ring of Honor is worth £40 million, this place must be worth, I don't know, ten.
1: Hey, big court. Okay. Court's taking on WWE in court. You know, WWE are, uh, well, apparently filed a motion to dismiss MLW's uh, contract
2: tampering. Well, not contract tampering, uh, meddling with their TV deal um, lawsuit. Uh- <laughs> it's not is exactly Ashley Cole going to Chelsea, is it? Like, <laughs> you know, this level of contact... Are they? Are they after? After? After your boy Hammer? I don't know. No, who
1: knows? Maybe that's.
2: Maybe you'll be good, uh Yeah, you'll
1: be part of the settlement or something. But yeah. but likes to try. God loves to try.
2: Oh, I mean, exactly. And that's what and that one is. Yeah. Uh, I
1: was going to say I've got anything else to stories. I threw some. I did throw some star ratings on the app for the stuff we were talking in the pre-show. Vince Triple H Armageddon again. Ninety nine. Solid four stars. I give that mate uh, five. Rock Five from Steph. Rock Triple H at uh, SummerSlam 98. I go four on that. Five from Steph.
0: Rock, Rock Triple H SummerSlam 98. That's five
1: stars. Review coming to a uh, grapple Patreon um, soon. Uh, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, Bad Blood 97. I'd go I'd, I would, I'd go 4.75, but I could be talking to a five on that one. Four and a half. Four and a half. Wow.
0: Wow.
1: Okay. There you go. We also watched Age in the Cage, JP. That, that didn't go down quite as well. Um, also, oh, Eddie Guerrero versus JBL in a bull rope match. Yeah, was it uh, wasn't great. I thought it was the one where Eddie <laughs> the Gosher turned out not to be.
2: So. Oh, it wasn't. That's yeah. what I thought it was. I was like, all right, well, at least it's <laughs> that's that. No. That's memorable. Genuinely, really good. Um, yeah. I was. That was horrible. I, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's proper MUTO scale stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, Remember barely, when that yeah. was a thing back in the day?
1: Oh, God, yeah, I think we first go. That was an answer on a quiz once that, uh, that me and Colin were responsible. Yeah,
2: I don't
1: didn't the audience, it. Anyway. But, uh, well, yeah, that's, uh, that's, I think that covers everything uh, we've been watching uh, this end
2: as well, JP, unless there's uh, anything else you want to mention? That's it, or what I would say, patreon.com forward slash grapple. Go there. Mm-hmm. Buy tickets for the live show um, Sunday, April 3rd. Yeah. Um, You'll be getting our, our hot WrestleMania night one takes as well that day. That'll be. That's true. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can't see how either way they're not going to be what you would describe as saucy takes. I think that, that'll that definitely be the case there. And get the, uh, tickets from grappleapp.com forward slash support.
1: You go. Great plug from JP. And yeah, as we mentioned earlier, five to one is out with, uh, with Matty talking, um, oh. our, our favourite anglers of all time, and also um, favourite chippy slash Chinese meals. And yeah, we'll be doing uh, our King of the Mountain show there this week with, uh, with the King of the Mountain, Connor, as we talk Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle and lots more where that came from. But yeah, other than that, Download the grapple app, I suppose that's, uh, that's my line. Yes, um, get, get those ratings in if you disagree with some of those uh, star ratings we were throwing in for some classic matches. There, you know, have, have your voice heard and yeah, all that good stuff. But other than that, you can catch me and JP again next Monday. Might have a guest night with JP, but should we wait on that? Uh, yes, Monday until see
2: how because the weekend
1: goes. Yeah, I, you
2: know. I might be doing a, a review of something that. I didn't think I'd end up seeing again, no, but there we good. go. Just to throw that the as well.
1: Yeah. A teaser for you, yeah, possibly, yeah. I guess. Uh, Steph, any well, you
2: know.
1: Um,
0: Yeah, f- you know, follow me on Twitter and all that. Subscribe to my YouTube. Uh, sorry for the How many credits. have you got
1: now? Unbelievable.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm just the loud mouth, so sorry, guys.
1: All right. Unofficial but- <laughs> guest.
0: Yeah, but hopefully I'll be invited back to do something with Matty for sure.
1: Yes, we're going to yes. set up a,
0: a, a man that knows what he's talking about when it comes to the undertaker. Wow,
2: <laughs> I don't know if we can be on this fucking. We're going to have a dog's uh, life no, with that podcast. We're just going to be getting a bollocking for two hours, <laughs> basically, aren't we? Well,
0: you I'm were sorry, wrong, and this
2: off. is why. <laughs> I'll do that somewhere safe on neutral ground.
1: Um, But, uh, uh, yeah, probably on Twitter at Stephanie M. Chaser. That's the one. Thank you. There you go. (laughs) Nice one. So, yeah, cheers all for tuning in. Thank you, patrons, for tuning in live. We will catch you all again next Monday. Cheers, all. Bye.